right, uh, welcome to the Reflections of a DJ Road Podcast. Um, it's Saturday, February 24. Yep. All right, and we got a special guest here uh, along with me, DJ Crooked, D Miles, and um, Jamie the Great. Yo, yo. Um, we got my man, Three Style Champion. 2012. Uh, 2012, one half of uh, Two Cents. So we had the one cent. Yeah, just also one. retail entrepreneur in Seattle, yeah. right? Yeah, there we go, Mister Four Color Zach in the building. Yeah, clap it up. It's good, man. Thank you for coming through. Yes, sir. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt. We we're missing DJ Neva. Um, he's uh in New York for his mom's birthday. Shout out um, to moms. So. And uh, he's not going to be here, so we're going to try to hold it down without him. But uh, we also the OG boys. comments will be and miss today. <laughs> <laughs> So, Zach, you in town for um, Tao, right? Yep, I'm playing Tao tonight. Tao tonight. You've been at their residency for a minute. Kind of, yeah. Vice brought me out during one of the EDCs, uh, just as like a special set or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it went good enough that I think Omar got in my ear or something and brought me back, and then it went good from there. Yeah, Omar was the music director at the time. Yes. So is that your first Vegas? Like? No, I was doing, um, fuck, what's the name of that spot? In uh, Cosmopolitan, the little Cosmo. bar thing. You know that little bond. Bond. Bo- bond. Yeah, bond. Wow. I did that for a minute, but I did that because uh, they brought me and my homie out, so we just hang out together and just get fucked up. Spot was actually <laughs> popping. <though>. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. You did it for when, a while, when, right? when Cosmo first, when Cosmopolitan first opened, and yeah. they were trying to make that that bar mm-hmm. that it was like a casino bar. They were trying to make it real dope. Yeah. Oh, they were just trying to make it real hip. They were booking like DJs. Like yeah, yeah. it was fun. We cool. get away with a lot of stuff there too. Yeah, I mean they pop. would have crazy overflow from people that couldn't get in the marquee or people that didn't even oh, get the yeah. club yeah. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It was dope. It was always yeah. packed. We do like two nights in a row kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big. Uh, that's a big kind of a turn over there from <laughs> that into yeah uh, into towel. Yeah. Well, I mean, realistically, if if it was fun to do that, yeah. But it was like they're wild different. Like didn't crazy give me different. any. Didn't give me any like warm up to what was about to happen with Tao. So I mean let, let's talk about that that transition, you know what I mean? Doing the first mm-hmm. like the first time you did Tao, you're headlining and shit. Mm-hmm. They're like you got to, you know, you're coming on what what time do you start at? Like 12:30? 12:31, yeah. 12:31. They they got like dancers, like ballerina dancers and like yeah. Cirque du Soleil shit coming out. They have like cryo, they have like confetti. Yeah, they do the whole like they first do the 20 minutes type of thing. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the typical Vegas headlining thing mm-hmm. and then I think I remember when I was at Tao, they wanted like the biggest song. They wanted like high energy for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. So how was that for you like the first couple of times? I mean, it wasn't, it was fine. Like, they prepped me. That's yeah. why they just told me straight out, like first 20 minutes, just hit them with the biggest house bangers you, you want. Like we don't even care what it is, but big, loud spectacle. It's like, oh, well, yeah. been DJing long enough and doing a lot of different parties enough to be fine with that, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, done all sorts of parties so that was just kind of like okay well 20 minutes in i get to switch gears a little bit and it's usually like a hard switch too it's like all right house party but, <laughs> yeah. i've always i've always wondered like uh because i know you're part of two cents with craze mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and y'all seem to do like more festivals am i wrong uh i don't know it's it's hard to say because we kind of fir- we're, we're really just starting to Go out and do shows yeah. together i mean we've done shows how did together that shit start you and craze what, what was um, that um I've heard of him before, <laughs> and uh, I was in a, I, I think it started because I was playing uh, this night at a, uh, what's it called, fuck, uh, some discotheque party in, uh, 
in uh, Miami. Damn it, what's the name of that spot? Um, I'll remember it. Uh, yeah, anyway, it was like a, it was like an all kind of like disco house night, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so you would not play rap there. You just you wouldn't deviate. You just kind of stick to like up tempo, vibey stuff. And so I'm I'm in there. He came through. He'd come to a couple other shows. So he'd seen me play before, but then he was watching me play that, which is wild different than what I would normally do. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing tricks and still keeping the thing moving and mm. flexing without fucking shit up. And then he was feeling spirited enough to be like, let's make the greatest mixtape of all time. <laughs> of all time. Like, <laughs> so he was vibing that strong off, off that shit. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then y'all just linked up? And I was like, yeah, 100%, let's do it. So and, then, yeah. and I, so I pulled out a notepad that night and was like, "We'll put this on there. We'll put this on there." Wow! And Y'all like, were vibing that that hard. Pause. <laughs> uh, uh, he tells it a little bit different. He says it's like he already was vibing before he came to that night or whatever. Right. But for me, it was like that was the night where he said, "Yo, let's link up and do something." And it was, you know, we had met before or whatever. But so he had seen me, he'd listened to mixes and like seen me do stuff. But that was when he was like. So the, proactive w- about the plan it. was just to make a dope mixtape. Yeah, just we, we just wanted to, because I mean, for me, it was, it was like I didn't know anybody else making stuff quite like that, putting that much time into mixes. Yeah, and I knew yeah. that if anybody could do it, it was going to be him, because I mean, he's capable of literally anything. And so um, we just started fucking around with ideas, and then the ideas were clicking like fast, and we were sending them back and forth and working on improving them and stuff. And then we realized like, oh shit, this. This could be like a thing. And so then we just called the mix two cents because it was our two cents on right. whatever the yeah. hot takes were at the moment. And I remember that time because y- y'all got four CDs now. The mm-hmm. first one that came out, it was kind of like, oh, shit. I remember like all of us were like kind of talking in our group chat, our DJ group chats. And we we're yeah. like, yo, I didn't know these dudes were linking up. Yeah. And yeah. then we were just like, yo, these dudes are going in on EDM motherfuckers or like, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think we both felt like we didn't have really anything to lose. Like yeah. there's this, I th- we both like he's already he's like a, he's got the the benefit of simultaneously he's so super current but simultaneously a legacy act you know yeah. because he's been around forever and he's untouchable he's never gonna lose his cred. All right, so I'm a little embarrassed to say about Craze. Mm. I know like, I know of him but I don't know mm-hmm. a lot about him. So like, mm-hmm. for some reason in my head, I know he was like on a Qbert level, right? Yeah. And I know that, but for some reason, I in my head I thought he only he liked or only preferred to DJ drum and bass for some reason. Yeah. So am I off? No, no. I mean, yeah. So what happens is he comes up. I'll try to give the short version of it. But he came up, um, started winning all the battles. I'm sure he'll he would correct me on a bunch of stuff. Started winning like everything. Yeah. Has a long history of winning everything, and uh, then he he discovered drum and bass, fell in love, like played that stuff all over the world, brought mm-hmm. it to the U.S. Like, literally, he told me a story about how he, you know, basically introduced a lot of the drum and bass dudes to U.S. markets and right. everything. So it's it's amazing what he did there. And then it sort of got to the point where he, as he always does, lo- was looking to the future about what the next thing he wanted to do mm-hmm. was. And then he started seeing all these other genres. And, you know, maybe sometimes to a fault, he is he has foresight. You know, like, he when he sees that something's tired to him, he's done. And he goes on to something new. And I don't think that he thought that drum bass was tired, but he knew that he wanted to get out of there. So then he went from that to, like, he pioneered the whole early dubstep thing before it was all headbangers and bros. And then... Uh, <laughs> headbangers and bros. And, uh, and then he went from that. He Then it was, like, Trap after that and Mumaton. And, like, he just went down the line and was always first. So you know? that's another thing I wanted to ask about 
you and what you guys do on those mixtapes mm-hmm. because I know that there is like a kind of trap EDM like sound to them you know what i mean sure yeah i mean and that's that's probably mostly from his side would you say or no no, no. it's a combination no because i i came up doing the same type of thing it's just yeah. i wasn't in the public eye for doing it you right. know just yeah. up in seattle chilling yeah just posted <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like for the longest time i was doing five nights a week all different type of nights in seattle you yeah, know? yeah turning down 90 percent of out-of-town offers like for years damn because wow. i just had other stuff going on i was um senior art director at an ad agency. I sold uh, a design agency along with a homie of mine who then moved to New York. So, I mean, like, I had other stuff going on. It wasn't, like, a factor yeah. for me to want to go travel. But I was doing all this stuff because I loved all, these, all this different kind of music. So then when I hit the road, it was only natural to play everything as opposed to just stick with whatever I thought was new, mm-hmm. um, which worked out well for, like, the three-style stuff because yeah. that's kind of – that sort of became the vibe of that, which is you just play just – uh, what's the term? Just have a very uh, open mind, ubiquitously cover everything. So, um, so yeah, when he and I linked up, yeah, I think, of course, there was always that let's constantly play what's new, let's mm-hmm. play what's next, let's always be on the cutting edge of everything. But, um, I mean, even now we talk about, you know, traps dying, dubsteps doing what it's doing. So, you know, we play what we like. And that happens to be some trap stuff for sure. Right. Happens to be some like what you'd call festivalish music. <clears throat> but then a lot of stuff we just don't fuck with. So we don't play that stuff. I always wondered because I always thought like whenever I whenever like DJs come out with shit, mm-hmm. they or open form quote unquote open format DJs come out with shit. They come out with like a trap remix mm. or yeah. like a, a pumped up twerk remix. Yeah. Oh was, yeah, you, you mentioned that on some of the last. I podcasts. did. I do I, listen to the podcast. Yeah, it's hard to he- t- hard to listen to you guys right now because I always listen to it on one point five speed. So you sound like chopped and screwed to me right now. <laughs> so it goes faster. <laughs> yeah. You do a one point five. I can't do anything. I know. Who got above? time for that? <laughs> me, <laughs> fucker. I want. I listen to all my podcasts on one, and they're like three hours long. Shit, I never thought to put it on 1.5. Kind of makes sense. You can understand everything. I mean, I don't have the the luxury. We sound like Alvin and Chipmunks. (laughs) Key lock is on. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, y'all are going Um, to. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I honestly think that you guys can make some original music. Yeah, we do. We have have plenty of stuff. Matter of fact, we have put some of it out. And that's something that I (laughs) want to hear more. Yeah. But I understand. Then the remixes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I wanted to talk about that because you mentioned in a couple episodes ago or whatever about why the fuck would these open format guys yeah. make. And I do agree. I don't want to ever hear another redrum of anything in my life. Like <laughs> that was yeah. acceptable in like the early 2000s. Yeah. That was tight. Whatever. See, I, but dis- now, I disagree with that. though. Why? What would you want to hear a redrum of? I just think a lot of the songs now need drums. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, f- give me an example of a current song that would ever need a just a redrum, not a remix, but a redrum. A, I can I can name a couple. Go, but uh, th- that wouldn't benefit from a full remix. Because I mean, to me, like red, like Redbone needs a, a redrum just for the club. Do you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. a there's a version of yeah. that that I play that that that's is a little the, bit better. Is it the exact same thing? Any, but just another kick and snare over. Any up tempo Drake song needs a redrum. The questions by Chris Brown. I have a, a version oh, have of a, a redrum, and it really helped for the club. Drake's yeah, up tempo, I don't know what the way it's mixed. They all sound like shit. Oh, like too good. They know they, they feel flat. 
Yeah. It doesn't have any like peak and it doesn't have like that thump. It's like passion fruit needed a, a redrum. That was like light to me. <laughs> that I was actually like, like how that song was. I to me that needed a redrum in the club, man. It just needed like another you know, another layer to that shit. See, I like I like my lows with my highs. You yeah. know, like really? for me if a if a tune is soft, like let that tune be soft, you know? And then and then when, whatever you it's just about how you present it, you know what I mean? Like it's just like anything else. It if you can present a song, we were just having a conversation before the things the pod started. It was I like playing songs that dead the vibe or maybe not dead the vibe, but at least reset it and then make people confused. Mm-hmm. So it, you have to be on it enough to present the next thing that makes them flip and go, holy shit, I'm glad I just had that moment to breathe. It's like that but, dip on the roller coaster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just come right I mean, a there. night should be filled with ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. You know, like high energy, a little bit low, and then picking it back up yeah. and everything like that. I yeah. just see a lot of like, I see a lot of the straight across the board energy sets yeah. and more power to anybody that does it that way. I just, I can't do that. Yeah. You, know? you know what I learned though? Those like flatline energy sets mm-hmm. that just have a steady energy. Uh, those are good when the when the club's not too packed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's like when you have like a mediocre like when the clubs is not like super packed and energy and it's not like a fucking holiday weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it might be a little light. That straight straight and narrow is good. Is is even better than a, uh, like a, a high and low because mm-hmm. when you get to the low. People might just leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the high, it might be too much for certain people where they start stop participating and they start like spectating. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I kinda learned, you know what I mean? But I believe that hundred percent. So you don't believe I believe in the redrum. I just I I find myself never ever wanting to hear them. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like really. Like if I I've seen people play a song that would typically get a redrum and play the original with enough finesse that they would never need the redrum. You know mm. what I mean? And that's not to like knock any tune that benefits from it. It's just for me, I just don't fuck with it. I don't know. And so back, back to when you were saying, why would an open format DJ make a remix of a already popular song? It's cause they're probably planning on like, well, I got to make something that I'm capable of playing in my set and nobody's coming for my original music. So I better pl- make a remix of something that's already hot. You know, that's a good well, point. Well, do you think it's, I mean, not to say I support it, but... But do you think it's just to have these EDM, these bigger EDM DJs play that shit? I think that's the goal of people. They think that yeah, they're going to make this one thing and it's going to turn into the next thing and it's going to turn into the next thing and that's going to open the door for them becoming an artist. You know? I just think it's false advertising. Yeah. And I think it's it's, I think it's, it's creating a following for some shit that you don't want. You don't want that following. Well, I'd say it's problematic because I wouldn't think it does create a following. I, I mean, you'd have to... It, Name one dude who <laughs> created a real following from that sort of stuff. There's probably a few, but you know when it when the flood of like uh, open format DJs r- remixing popular songs happened or has been happening, I feel like it's kind of dying down a little bit now. But yeah, yeah. But when it was happening, it was like, come on, name like a couple dudes who r- rose out of that. It's only thing that only dude I can think of is Scooter from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't really see him doing a lot of DJing. Yeah, he was more you know on, the, on the on the remix of shit or yeah. edit shit. But he he made some really good ones. Yeah, he did make some really good he ones. He had a short span of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he never really like blew the fuck up off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On DJ tip, of course. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong. What? How did Mac J come up? I mean, I know he was an open format dude, and then he uh, he put out a few things, and I don't that's know much about that dude. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. buddy of mine was saying the same about Party Favor. 
Oh yeah, like, yeah. They kind of yeah. came up like off of remixes and just that's started true. doing festivals. That's true. And, but see, there's a good example. Like for me, party who was favor. Who was saying that? Who was saying that? Cyberkid. Yeah. Oh <laughs> come on, <laughs> don't. Cyberkid. Gets so Cyberkid. yeah, Cyberkid's <laughs> a DJ from Vegas out here. Uh, he gets so fucking heated about. Yeah. The shit we say about EDM and house. Yeah, he thinks we're the most. We got to bring him up. Yeah, here we're bringing you up, Cyberkid. You listen to this shit. You told me enough. He's at the really club. Knowledge, knowledgeable about a lot of nah, stuff. Nah, he's in the shit on this for he's sure. Also, he's also not knowledgeable about a lot of shit, too. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Yeah, yeah. he's going to come shit on us. Put a bullet in everyone's He's going to want to strangle us. But yeah, yeah we got to yeah. get him up here. But yeah, I know. He, I, I figured he said that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Trust even know who the fuck party favor is. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he did it right, though. I think he's probably one of the only people I might be able to say did that sort of do a remix of an already popular song and make it bigger mm-hmm. type of thing. Like he did it with yeah. his own style. I think, what did he do? Like the DJ Cool thing or whatever. Whatever that was. Clear my throat. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, clear my throat I mean, there was a bunch of others. Pause. He has that Rolex one. And, but but he like he came up, like, I didn't know who he was when he was doing all that stuff. And then now he's got his own standalone artist career. So I just think I want rare. I, I want you guys. I want you guys. Just, I want to hear some original music. And even if you make five of them and only one of them kind of sounds decent, mm-hmm. I want to hear that. Yeah. Just because I want, uh, I want to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Of us remixing and becoming making trap remixes and doing all of this stuff to like everyone knows. Look, a DJ has the sensibilities of what works in the club, what doesn't work. We we know yeah. mood, so why are we depending on other people to make music? Mm-hmm. So I I want you guys to change that narrative yep. and to make the music to the point where artists start paying more attention to DJs and being like, yo, that you know that dude could possibly you know we should work with that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I'm saying? To 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 a Diplo, Calvin Harris. Who else would you say? Snake? Mustard. Mustard. And yeah. we know we haven't heard some from Mustard in a minute. Well, right? he's he's going to drop some shit with YG because YG's is, dropping right? a new shit. All right. So we'll see what the fuck happens. Yeah, so. He's still pretty active down here, Mustard. Uh, he's got his residency. He has a residency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here and there. I remember when he was doing house parties in LA, which was wild. Damn. Yeah. But that was that. Um, talking about artists acknowledging DJs, how come you were not at the Global Spin Awards accepting a, an award here? <laughs> <laughs> is that a, even a real thing? Like, the thing is, th- what I don't like. <laughs> what, do you I mean, don't f- what do you mean? Is that a real thing? What I don't. Well, it, w- it exists in this bubble. Like, who? How do? You, how does one get? You know, like nominated. I, I, I can't say that I pay much attention to it. So this is coming from a off the cuff. You know, semi haterish. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. Well, no, because like, I just don't get it. Like I heard they. What, what, what are their? What are their uh, categories? They've got like best club DJ or something. Well, who's voting They've for this like, shit? Exactly. I don't know that's who's the, okay. I don't know who's question. putting the the list together and who's voting. That's my only thing. Cipher Sounds just went off. Cipher Sounds went the fuck off and he dissed the shit out of Global Spin Awards. He was like, "Why didn't you guys invite me? I broke records. I broke artists. I was an A and R at uh, Tommy Boy and a few other record labels." He's, he just went the fuck hey, yo, off. Yo, honestly, man, for, for all y'all that don't know about Cypher Sounds, do a little research. He Wasn't he on The Breakfast Club? He, no, yeah, he was on The Breakfast Club. He did But he interview. broke it down on some real shit at The Breakfast Club, how he yeah. is responsible for Rihanna. He is responsible Rick for Ross. Rick Ross. He is responsible for a lot of songs and artists breaking through, and I do give it up to him. Yeah, shout out to Cypher Sounds. I think it's fucking whack that he's mad at the Global Spin Awards when, to me, I, I, I've never given a sh- I don't know disrespect to those dudes I've never gave a shit about that shit so and then he also was Little Kim's DJ he was Dave Chappelle's DJ yeah. what 
So, yeah, he was the <laughs> Dave Chappelle DJ and Little Kim's well, DJ. He's Michael Shea's DJ. Michael Shea's DJ. He has a show on True TV, so he's breaking mad barriers. I mean, I don't think he should be bragging about a show on True TV. <laughs> and no, it's mad fucking hilarious. It's funny. It's funny. Is it? It's a comedy show. Oh, okay. But with all that said, he's still not looked at as like a, a clue or a funk flex. And he was a funk. He was funk flex's intern. Then you know he got mean? the morning show off of just that. I think that bothers him a little bit too. Well, yeah, because he's not getting the fucking credit he deserves. And, you know, the Global Spin Awards, they had the weirdest categories in the world, uh-huh. more so than, than anything. And then also, they had mad fucking models, the DJ models, broads, you know, just fucking there, fucking on the red carpet, on the fucking... I think it was just a, sh- it was a show to show. Well, to answer your question, I think uh, some of the categories were like regional DJ of the year, mm-hmm. open format DJ of the year. Uh, like club DJ club of the DJ. year. National club DJ of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I just it's, think I think that's uh It was like regional it's or national. Bit, it's a little bit too much for them to bite off in my opinion, pause. Yeah. Um but who knows who actually is voting for yeah. this stuff? Who yeah. knows who's making up the categories? Sorry, I wasn't listening. I just heard bite off and I was like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I think you're getting yourself in hot water if you even have a thing like that. You may as well just run an ad yeah. in people's magazine or whatever. It's yeah, because it like, like a, you know some D, DJs that, that I think should be there, like a Jazzy Jeff. And shit like that mm. were not nominated. They were not even in present. So, I mean, but I think it was around the time you know the three style shit was happening. I'm just well. kind of curious to know what is the money factor that's behind that. There's got to be. Well, there's Revolt, no reason to do that. That's what I want to know. Revolt TV is behind it, I believe. Huh? Revolt is behind it. Revolt. So they have Revolt TV money, and they probably have some sponsorship money. And I'm just wondering what is the thing that feeds that. And then Sean Prez, he used to be. I don't know his his history, but he's he's been in the game for a long time. The dude that's the creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he used to work with Bad Boy or. But it was more about mixtapes back in the day, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it more about radio and mixtape? I I yeah. think so. Yeah, and then they started putting in club shit in there. Yeah. That then that came out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean. Shit, I wanted to kind of talk about that because I was in LA, right? Yeah, and I want to go back to Two Cent because I want to kind of break down mm-hmm. what he was breaking down. So, like in the first Two Cent mixtape, you know, you were talking about EDM DJs, sure. And I guess the the bigger issue was a couple of things. One would have been them not DJing, right? Yeah, a majority of them. Yeah, I'm, well, I do it all very cheeky. Like Craze actually. I think in. he used to get pretty mad about it because, you know, he's... Follow Craze on Twitter, guys. Yeah, he'll, he'll tell you how he feels. <laughs> Every um, day you wake up. I mean, for me, it's like everybody, whatever. You make your own lane, you make your own money, that's cool. Right. Do whatever you need to do. But doesn't mean I can't make fun of it. And right. have some, <laughs> be creative about how I'm making fun of it. How long did... But you, was how, was it also the arrogance? Yeah, that doesn't help. I mean, if, you know, you look at just the type of guys that we always see and how much work they put in and then you got these other guys who are belittling them i think that that's just sort of a it's an ignorant attitude i, I feel like the, the ignorant attitude alone is is the only thing that would really make me catch feelings about it mm. and, I don't then, know. and then moving forward to the second two cent mixtape you, you there was a section where you were talking about like la djs right oh. <laughs> i love that why don't you guys do a Sorry. fucking edit of that man i love that shit um, so much what was that about <laughs> I mean, half the time I just mix stupid shit up on the. <laughs> I mean, I'll, was that the, from a bad experience? No, you know that's the thing. There was a like, lot of fucking DJs in LA. Well, that is true. There's, and more. There's what, like what year was this though? Two thousand, I think two thousand fourteen or two thousand sixteen. That's when the model. It's not like, sixteen, right? Mm, yeah, I think. Well, that's when you guys put that one out. 
Well, you were targeting what, like the the Instagram models that turn DJ or something? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's the influencer DJ. There we go. That's the fucking term. Yeah, I mean, again, more power to you. I've seen some good influencer DJs, but it's it's all just like, it's just content for me. Like, I I just want to do something creative, and so I need a topic. And if there's something that even catches my eye, I I may not have to actually catch feelings about it, but I'm going to, like, see if I can poke some push some buttons and poke the bear <laughs> right, that know? was my yeah. favorite one two-part yeah yeah that one was fun because it was just like everybody's making the pilgrimage to la or something it's like, yeah <laughs> i'm telling you it's like you fun. don't need like why and then and what's crazy to me is like everybody that i know in la is like oh yeah there's no real gigs here it's like what there's none i, I you know what <laughs> i vaguely remember that actually. no yeah. and you know what's funny uh craze did some shit for dj city that year and um what fucking show is that make a d show and he did that show, and he played that part, and it was a room for LA DJs, which yeah. is hilarious. Well, that's what we do. And then I was like, <laughs> "Yo, push the buttons." <laughs> I was like in the bag. I'm like, "Fuck, this shit was hilarious." Yeah. But yeah, that 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 crazy performance was crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's when the two same one. That had to have been up. 15 summer, right? 2015. No, 16. 16. Well, we put out one a year, and this is what 18. So that would 16. Yeah, 16. Yeah. yeah. And how, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead no. Oh, how long does it take you guys to do a fucking tape? Well, we always say we're going to work on it all year, and then we get busy, and then we do it in a month. <laughs> so it's like, you know, oh, shit, it's coming up. It's after New Year's. We haven't even really started yet. Oh, you know, so. But, again, this year we're going to start all year. Gather <laughs> 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 information. Yeah, right. Well, look, and, you know, shout out so. to you guys. We, we kind of made it onto the fourth uh, part four. That's right. I mean, th- this recent one was deep. That shit was very uh, what was, dark. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of shit bothering me mm-hmm. about yeah. what's going on. Uh, you, you know what's funny? When about you, the world. When, quote, we, quote, when yeah. we did that podcast and you said that, I said two cents. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good that he said that because of the crew. But then when they used it, I was mm-hmm. like. I don't remember anything I say here. <laughs> I swear. And I then, believe it. And that then, was an early podcast. It was like f- episode three or four. And Jamie re-listens to everything. He edits the audio. And then he'll text me like, yo, you said something about this. You sure you want that in there? And I'll be like, no, 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 take that out. <laughs> Last minute scrambling. Yeah, right. yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, what was what was bothering y'all? What was the main focus for of that part shit? Four, I mean, it's obvious, but I want to hear, you know, from you. For four? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the world's pretty fucked up right now right. for yeah. many, many reasons. Like, politically, the U.S. is a joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't even need to get into, like, the political divide, how insane it is. It's yeah. just so, like, how deep we've got, how deep in the shit we've gotten. If you would have said to me, what was it, in November or whatever, it, like, I was actually at Craze's house. We were working on something. So we were working on something when he got elected. Part three, probably. And I remember thinking, like, wow, how far have we come? Like, this is some fucked up. We, got, we went out that night and got, like, so sad drunk. <laughs> like <laughs> you know when you're just like fuck i can anyway. imagine crazy on that one yeah so but then if you were to tell me that we would get to this point back then i wouldn't even believe you it's like nah nah, nah. you didn't think it would get this bad yeah, I, I mean probably subconsciously i thought but so then there's so obviously there's that and then if you want to get real into it the, the actual world itself i feel like is you know we're not going to last too much longer i don't think I don't think humanity's going to be around too much longer. But, so there's that. That's the whole, like, the motherfucking world's a bunch of shit thing. Right. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it is. We've turned it into, like, a garbage pile. And that's mm-hmm. just it. And then there's all, 
Craze had to do a, the mumble rap thing because he always shit. makes fun of the mumble rap shit. I like that part. That shit was mad. It was cool and clean for him. I feel like I feel like the mumble rap, all that like all the modern rap stuff is like uh, it's like staring at the sun for him. It's like he knows. It's like. It, he hates it. He doesn't want it. But then he's, he can't help but look at it. He can't yeah, help yeah, but yeah, listen yeah, yeah, to yeah. it. That, that part was my, my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. And he has a he has like a bunch of outtakes from that that didn't make it that I think he's going to develop. But um, and then I'm trying to think what else was even on there. But yeah, I, mean, I think every year we just think about you know what to us is important that's going on in the world, and it's it's less about. I think the first one we were probably talking most shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went at Hardwell. That was pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. And then yeah. he and then uh, Hardwell I mean, came and like bigged him up during the performance, like a month later or something. Oh shit! After I'm sure he didn't know who the fuck he was, but <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> he was behind him, like, oh yeah. <laughs> we got funny. video of it. It's hella funny. I mean, those EDM DJs. No, they're totally different lane, and that's yeah. why you almost can't even like. But I think they're kind of they're low key scared. Yeah. Of, oh yeah. Of for us, sure. Of us. Yeah. 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 No. For sure. They're they're definitely in a higher power. Yeah. And they're definitely like way richer than us. Yeah. <laughs> you know. To say the least. I mean, but but the second we throw shots at them, it's really kind of like oh shit. Yeah. Well, you know, you just put. Uh, I was talking to Scene. Um, I think it was like last weekend or something, and he yeah. was wherever he was last weekend, and he saw somebody. Seattle native, right? Yep. Yeah. Now lives here. here. Now lives here. Yeah. And. Uh, he was saying, um, oh, yeah, I'm watching this guy and uh, Progressive House guy go on. And for some, for whatever reason, the hip-hop room had to clear out or something. I think it was like AC was broken or something weird. Mm-hmm. For some yeah. reason, hip-hop room had to get shut down. So everybody got pushed in the main room. And then they started pressuring the, the headline guy, hey, you should probably, like, play for everybody now. And his, re- his reaction was playing. Oh, shit, what was it? The scene was so irate. <laughs> Just like, the scene, man. He's like... I mean, he was like offended. He's fucking playing Jagged Edge as his hip hop song and fucking <laughs> hip hop array and Jagged Edge, and that's what he thinks rap is now. I'm like, damn. But you know, to his point, it's like uh, I feel for the EDM dudes because it's maybe they didn't ask for this. They came up with their thing in mind, and then you get a taste of the money. You're in the industry. You can't. You kind of can't turn away. Or like, mm-hmm. if you can't continue to pave your own lane, and you got to start opening up a little bit, a lot of guys just aren't prepped for that. And that's yeah. just, you know, that's just the, the nature of the beast. I mean, I wish that they would be prepped, but they're not. They were busy, hopefully EQ and a kick. I don't know. But yeah. but now it's just like, shit, if I was making that much money and I didn't know how to DJ, I would f- take some lessons quick because they would benefit from being able to work on the fly. Has any EDM DJ come up to you and try to check you and shit? Mm, don't say no. no names, but. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no. For one, nobody fucking knows who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll be out, I'll be like out and about with these guys, and nobody fucking knows who I am. So it doesn't matter. It's like I'm like I am anonymous with them. So, but then with Craze, they all know him. But they're not gonna say shit to Craze. What are they gonna say? I so, think Craze will punch motherfuckers in the face. No, no. I mean, he doesn't need to. It's for him. It's just like, what are you gonna say? You know? Yeah. yeah. But I want I want to I want to touch on Paul's scene for a little bit. You yeah. know, he's from Seattle. Yeah. And from he was a he came to Vegas I want to say in 2007 six around there mm-hmm. and he was at Jet the nightclub that I was at and um, I remember he was known for like this epic like hip hop party in Seattle oh I, good okay <laughs> <laughs> I you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> 
Well, he was known for this. Like, he had a big uh, hip hop party, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So when he left, I took over for him. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yo, so son. You, so you guys are. So I mean, I want to know that relationship mm-hmm. pause i mean like what, um you yeah. know what's funny is we didn't really have much of a relationship in seattle like he uh like we talk a little bit mm-hmm. like i helped him move out that was about it which it sounds crazy to say we didn't have much of a relationship yet i helped him move out yeah. <laughs> so but uh i mean he was definitely like yeah he, he was the like golden the child right there right? yeah in for seattle, sure right? he um yeah he came up with all the uh with all the underground rappers, he was touring with them, doing all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. killing mixtapes, everything. And then he was he on radio he, too. Then he, he jumped radio. into radio, yeah. and I remember him saying, "I want this to be my career. DJing is what I'm good at, so I'm gonna go all in." And he was like, "Fuck it, whatever it takes to to crush on the radio and get a following, I'm gonna do that. If it means playing music I don't like, I don't care. I'm doing that." And he went and did that, and he was running it out there for a while. That um, motherfucker is a workhorse. He is. He's yeah. he, uh, talking to him scary. Yeah, like he's. He, he like some military shit. Yeah, he like, you know, sets, like his, he sets timers and shit oh, he on does? his phone. Like it, he'll set timer. Okay, I'll work on this for fifteen minutes, and then as soon as it goes off, I move on and do this other thing. And oh wow, it's Damn. nuts. Because we did. Um, I did music together, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, we we've done a ton of a ton of tunes together. We did tour together. This we was used to, a, we used to this was back together. in Seattle. No, this Not was here. after he left. But then we used to do nights in Seattle together uh. too. We had a night called Two Thousand Eighties that was. It was basically it was that was the big party. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We did that for a long time. It so was you guys all, started it together. He did the 2080s mixtape. Yeah, and then we talked about like let's do this, do it as a party. Because I remember when he came then, to Vegas, I don't know if it was still big, but he was like, mm-hmm. "Yo, you got to do that party." Yeah, and I never minute, made it out there for but. a minute. We uh, we would bring people in, and then we talked about taking it national, and then there was like, you know, it was one of those things where people have a hard time grasping the vision unless they come to the party. Yeah. And then so somebody would try to throw a party in like, I don't know, Dallas or wherever the hell. And it just wouldn't be, the it same, just wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be done with the same tact, you know? Yeah. And yeah. for something like that, especially at that time, like it, you got to do it with kids gloves. You got to have like a command over it, you know, or else it just sounds corny. So, yeah. so playing a, a night of all eighties and live eighties remixing in the sense of like, you could play a new song, but it's got to sample an eighties song and you can lay a beat underneath it, but it's got to be smart. You know, so yeah. he was relentless. I remember with like his those mixtapes, and mm-hmm. I think he had. I want to say to be as bold to say he had one of the first podcasts on like iTunes. I don't doubt it. He's always yeah. brand like, new. He started that like shit that. in like two thousand eight yeah. or nine or some crazy shit. His shit. mailing list is crazy. Yeah, I don't even have a mailing list. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't even want people to email me. <laughs> like, but no, he yeah, he's a. So he's a like, rare was he kind of like a mentor, quote unquote, or not? Yeah, just nah, came up nah, together, kind I mean, of just right. Just friend, like yeah. I, I admired his, I admired his skill and his thought into. Basically, if you're doing something original and with skill, and you care about what you're doing, mm-hmm. I, then I totally fuck with it, and and I liked what he did, and we didn't do the exact same thing, right? But there was a lot of similarities, so we got up on that, and yeah. then you know, it's just like if I got respect for somebody, I'd love to work with him. So so then we did it. As you were moving forward, mm-hmm. how did you get? How did what made you think eh, I'm gonna take this DJ shit seriously? You oh, sold your company man. and then so, you did the three star, right? Uh, yeah. So so I had a uh, I had a design studio with a homie. Um, he went through some shit and like wanted to move to New York, so he went out there. And so I went. So over. you did actual design. You were on, like on Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And you were so I graduated from uh, with a design degree at a Cornish up in Seattle in like 2004. Don't let that age me too much. Um, and then I, they, we started a, a studio together because we were just young kids. And I remember we took our portfolios to some like real agent or, or real agency in in the city. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, 
you guys can't do this. You have to, like, you guys need to, uh, this is too youthful. You need to, like, button it up a little bit more. Right. And, and, like, you need to be able to sell to, like, Microsoft and shit. And we're like, you know how fucking young we are? Like, we don't need you. We don't need any of this stuff. Like, we'll open a, a studio, and if we close the doors, we'll be ex-business owners at 23. Like, it doesn't matter to us. Right. Like, we're fine. And I was still DJing, like, five nights a week, too, so, and other stuff. So money wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> money wasn't the issue at the time. So it was just, like... You know, for us, we just figured let's just do it because we were passionate about it. That's crazy. Did that for a few years. Did, like, tons of... We ended up doing freelance stuff with um, other agencies. We did, like, tons of streetwear. Uh, that's how we got involved in all the, the streetwear stuff. Yeah. Uh, stuff for Nike. I wanted to, well, Adidas, I want to talk everything. about a little... Like, a little bit about uh, your store in Alive and Well. Right. In Seattle. I, I had the, the, the opportunity to stop by there when I was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Great-looking store. I've always been a fan of your print work. I, I mm. love, like, the tees and the hats and the hoodies. Yep. I love that shit. We try to do yeah. it all in Seattle as much yeah. as we can. It looks but, great. Mm -hmm. It's a great – and then Jordan, Jordan was there at the time, yeah. a great yeah. photographer. Yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, not to go backwards, I'll go back and yeah, then yeah. forward. But uh, so we, we wrapped up the studio. Um, I jumped over to a real, real ad agency and uh, started doing senior art direction over there, just doing, like, campaigns and all that shit. And we did that for years. And it was great because I was in, like, the weirdo studio where I play. I, I, my desk was on a nine-hole playable golf course. So, like, <laughs> it was just weird for the sake right. of weird. Like, we had a Chinese restaurant as our lobby. We, like, like you know, it was one of those where right, they right. just went all out to try to weird for the sake of weird. And it was cool. It was just they wanted fresh ideas. And then in time, being in advertising, it just wore me down. I, you know, I was becoming a pretty bitter person. I wasn't hyped. All I wanted to do was just listen to music and DJ. And what like was it? Was it just the, the pressure, the stress? Clients. I yeah. mean, it was, yeah, it was like, it was long hours. It was clients that didn't get it. It was like the inability for the agency to sell good ideas, even though they were clearly good ideas. It's like, damn, back when I was doing this for myself, I could, this was easy. What's it, wrong with so it, it now? All, you know? It all comes to freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and so it was fine. I was still, everything was great. I had no plans of really jumping ship or anything. There was talk for a minute, like, well, maybe I will just kind of, go after the money and just like join somewhere bigger right and like lock it down and then my girl i remember we were uh three style was going on and headspin who's the homie in vancouver was competing for that in 2011 mm -hmm. so he won world finals that year and i was just going up to visit him and hang out with him and see what he was doing mm -hmm. just because i that's the homie and he cared and i just wanted to see and uh it was like damn this is really really cool but they're not bringing that shit to Seattle, so I'm not going to do it. Because I had Red Bull friends who said, we can't bring that that uh, that project here because we're doing all these other projects. So I foolishly made the statement, all right, well, knowing well, it's never going to come to Seattle. And I told my girl, if it ever came to Seattle, I would join. But that's why I'm not going to join. I don't want to go to another state to do it. You right. know? And she's like, all right. And then they announced that they were doing it in Seattle. <laughs> and then she's like, oh. She pulled my card and was like, you got to join because... You know, somebody's got to pressure you to do it. So, so she was like, "Do whatever you need to do to take take time, whatever you need to be locked in the studio. That's fine." But yeah, I did that, and then it just, for better or worse, kept winning, and then had to go from like pre-qualifier to qualifier to semi to this to that. You know, it was like seven different battles yeah. or whatever. It's a different mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, pre prepping for three, like yeah. for that kind of battle. And that wasn't me at all. Like yeah. I didn't care about the DMC. Oh, let me rephrase that. I. I I, I, w I enjoyed watching DMCs in the sense of what Craze did in DMCs. I could watch that all day. What A-Track did, I loved it. It was great. It was a moment, but I had no interest in being that at all. And yeah. so when I would get in 
in these situations where I had to battle somebody, it was never like, can I, I don't want to scratch because I don't like to scratch. I don't want to juggle because I can't really juggle. It, so it's like, how am I going to, you know, beat somebody else? So right. it was all like, yeah. well, I guess I'm creative. I guess I'll figure out something that nobody could think of. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be like, how the fuck do you think about that? Right. And that ended up being the thing. So made different types of like, basically it's just, I'm tricking people into making them think I'm good. And then I get by them. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, I read somewhere that he's, he's being humble. Yeah. He's yeah, being mad yeah. fucking yeah. humble. But, uh, but I read somewhere that you don't really practice or some shit like that. No, <laughs> Damn. no. And Craze got so mad about that recently. Just really? Like, that he he's wrote, like, you it's like write skateboarding. You, you, you go skate. I was like, yeah, but that's different. He's like, it's not different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it feels different to me. I haven't practiced, and I don't even have a turntable turn set up in mm -hmm. my crib. I would say in the past uh, eight years, mm -hmm. eight or nine, ten, maybe ten years, I haven't had a turntable set up. Shit. But you can just, like he said, you can just work kind of sets out in your head. Yeah. And you kind of know what works, yeah. where to echo shit out, where to scratch it in. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have a solid base, if you've been yeah. doing this long enough, the fundamentals are already there. So everything's just works around the fundamentals. The, the best part of the night for me is when I'm like semi-tipsy. Yep. And it's late <laughs> night. Last hour, half. Last half. Last two hours of the club where I'm just free balling it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the time where I come up with mixes and I'm like damn I gotta remember that mm -hmm. like yeah. whatever the fuck I did I don't know what zone I was in I don't I don't even know what my head was thinking but that's what I gotta I gotta write that shit down I gotta remember that shit yep. that so, works uh, the same way with you right exactly the same plus then I'll have the flip side where I'm just sitting on a plane drinking coffee like just slamming coffee <laughs> so I'll have like 10 espresso shots a day or something Jesus. I'm just constantly trying to chase that little teetering on the edge there <laughs> and so yeah I just sit there and just like my mind just races and I just think about stuff and so I just do it and I figure it out on the plane and I'll try it that night and then maybe I'll butcher it the first night but I'll probably get it the second night <laughs> you know that's wild so, yeah I read that shit I was like yo that sucks like someone's gonna like yo you're a world champion you're all this and then they'll be like they're practicing at home to be like you well they're not wrong to do it though I would benefit from practice for sure 100% I just don't have time you know it's, oh, yeah. it's like I got a bunch of other stuff going on and it's hard for me to justify putting time into practicing when the reality is like what I do in a club, it feels natural and fun and works for a crowd right. and anything more than that. Like it's almost like, I feel like if I practice more, I might put, I might set myself up for trying to push too much on them. And then they'll just be like, I think you're hey. right. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a detrimental part mm -hmm. when you're home alone and you come up with an idea yeah. mm -hmm. and you work it out to a T and you're so psyched about it and you do it in the club and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it won't work. Yep. Not saying that it, you know, there, there'll be those instances where it will work. Not going to work the way you think it's going to It's gonna. not going to work the way you think. And it's just kind of like yeah. not everyone is at your level of thinking. And to be honest, it's it's semi-selfish or it's just very mm -hmm. self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. like a comedian telling a joke by himself. Exactly. In house. Mm -hmm. Like, and then getting mad. <laughs> you need like, a response. Then, honestly, man, like I will easily, easily get mad at a crowd, especially mm -hmm. if I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm playing shit. And I'm sober, and they're not responding, or they're not feeling that shit. I'd be like, "Fuck you!" And then, like, I'll play another song inside of my head. I'm like, "Fuck you, you fucking!" <laughs> and that's the worst place to be as a DJ it's when a you real hate the crowd. Yeah. 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 When you're just like, "You fucking animals!" Yeah, yeah. you want to hear 24 Carat again, right? You fucking schmucks, <laughs> right? Well, isn't that the reason we drink though? Is to exactly. be on the same level as them? For yeah. me, yeah. For, for me, uh, and we we talk about this too. Like sober DJs. Um, 
if you can pull that off, I just don't know how, because for me, you gotta all be on the same plane. Like, if you're on the same energy level as them, then you know the appropriate music to play. If right. you're not, then how would you ever know what they're vibing on? Right. You know? And not, know, not to say that, like, I'm not promoting, like, alcoholism or anything. I'm just yeah. saying, like... But as you get older... Like, if you have a better way to do it, tell me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've had boys that, like, some of my boys, like, they try to give up liquor, and it's a struggle, bro. Mm -hmm. It's a real struggle to, like, get it. But they do get it after a while. But fuck, I'm hypersensitive when I'm like sober. Mm -hmm. So if it's not working out, fuck man, yeah. I'll be I'll be super miserable. I used to DJ sober for long periods of time, and then recently I started drinking. But you're starting to feel that toll, right? Yeah, I'm getting. You're older. not bouncing back. <laughs> no, no. Every hangover is a two day hangover, and it, it doesn't take much. And it's weird because, you know, growing up, it like we're conditioned to be able to take this life. It's not like that big of a deal. Yeah, and so. One night you'll go out and you'll just, it'll be business as usual and you'll drink as much as you normally drink and then you wake up the next day, everything's cool. And then maybe that next night you go out and you do it again and for some reason you wake up destroyed. Like, and there's no rhyme or reason. Like, yeah. I don't get it. It don't, I, I had blah, blah. And so <laughs> it's just, I don't know. And you got a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and that's <laughs> tough. I couldn't even imagine coming home with fucking vodka breath. And just, just <laughs> the kid running up, like, hyper fucking, oh, yeah, like, the breakfast. And the I'm like, fuck you. Nah, it's, 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 the crazy it's the thing game, is, yeah. the other night, we had, I forgot what the fuck we had to do. And then I was like, yo, did you put that shit up on YouTube for, for the podcast? And he's like, sorry, man, I went too hard last night. Yeah, <laughs> I went too yeah. hard, man. It was like noon, and I was like, damn. Well, for better or worse, I've kind of always never given myself that excuse, like, you just got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Like, yeah. it sucks. Hangovers are sucky, whatever. But yeah. I've never, I think in the history of whatever, in the past 10 years, I've probably taken, like, two days to maybe take a nap or something. You know, like, that's it. Just keep going. Have more coffee. Keep going. Shit. Because, like, when I get home, I want to see my kid. I want to hang out and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, like, hang out with my wife and everything. So That's, like, a feeling we don't even know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It, you know, it, it, we're all sad over here. You know, like, oh, shit. Yeah. Boy, it's sure nice to have someone. Yeah. We don't sure, understand right. that level of love. Yeah. 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 But, uh, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, not everybody has, has a situation like that. So I know that I'm lucky in that. So I just keep, you know, I just don't take it for granted i just yeah. keep pushing like i get that i'm tired i get that it would be great to be lazy but if i'm lazy about one thing then i'm gonna be backed up on another thing that's gonna affect me mentally i'm gonna be like if i don't get something done I, I, i'm sure you already know look at this board behind you you yeah. if you if something's behind schedule you're stressing i do too much i think that's my problem mm -hmm. i don't know how to say no yeah mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> i think and i i'll forget to do something not because i didn't have time yeah i'll just forget it because i literally forgot because I feel like I don't know if you go through this too, you know. Like I'm like a uh, like an eight shelf bookcase, and if someone tries to put another book on there, mm -hmm. it's just not gonna fit, and I'm I'm gonna forget mm -hmm. what that book is and what I had to do with that book, and that's just usually what happens in my brain. Yeah, you know what I mean. Crazy, <laughs> and you're not much of a coffee drinker that much either. No, I, I never drink caffeine. I don't do I don't do coffee or anything like that. I always wonder if maybe that was my problem is trying to always chase the dragon of like of always being alert and i always wonder if maybe that's what ends up making me feel shittier you know ultimately really? well because i think about I, I know a lot of people like that oh i don't drink sugar or caffeine or whatever and so for me i'm just constantly trying to be at, at full alert yeah. and i wonder if maybe i'd feel better if i was just regular regular <laughs> yeah but whatever i think the the trippiest i've ever been what he's explaining is when i used to like juice and fast 
and I used to yeah. just like fast for like three weeks, uh-huh. and I would just juice or I just drink smoothies, and my my girlfriend at the time would be so annoyed because I'd be hypersensitive, I'd be like borderline bitch. Yeah. I'd be like <laughs> very a, sensitive about everything. It was a lesbian, but I was so the uh, but, angry I, man. <laughs> yeah, but I was so in tune with everything, bro. Like mm. I was hyper, like yeah. I was just on point with everything, and I remembered everything. But if you yeah. forgot to do something, I'd be like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> like yeah. seriously, Darren, seriously? I'd be like that. You didn't bring my bananas for my smoothie. Fuck. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like borderline, like, yeah, borderline bitch like yeah. that. But, it was like, I think um, it was Serato.com. Mm. They were saying that you were one of the last DJs that still uses turntables for their live sets. Yeah. And I read that and I was like, damn, man. Like, huh? They said, yeah. It was turntables for the live sets? For your live sets. Oh, you mean in like clubs and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, I mean, but it's just like these turn- that, just, you guys talk about that all the time, yeah, right? The whole. Would you ever go on to CDJs? He does uh, use yeah, CDJs, I use CDJs yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I use them. I use them for all. I use them for all the dream stuff because. Oh, of course. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. tour thing. Or, or for example, uh, when we were in, in Poland for three style, um, I played after Nina Las Vegas, who uses CDJs, and she was just ripping through these things, and it's like okay, the vibe is so popping right now. Like she had this place going off. And the last thing I wanted to do was be like, mm, can you guys put turntables up there? Because I already wanted them to switch the mixer. So yeah, it's yeah. like, shit, any more, any more stuff, I'd feel like I'm just suffocating the room for a second and then trying to rebuild. So I was like, just, just throw an S9 up there. I'll figure it out, and, I, and I'll do it off CDJs. And I actually had more fun off CDJs than I so would you're completely really? fine. you're completely fine with it. But well, I'm ne- not. You're never turning your turntables for some CDJs is what no, I'm No, no, I'm definitely not. It's different for me. It's like a whole different style of DJing. Like yeah. I can't. I don't really cut on them. I mean, I'll, I will a little bit. Mm-hmm. I use I use CDJs at like when I played that one four three party, because yeah. like the last thing I want to do is ha- have Super bass. Hot in there. Right. Well, if the bass ruins the night, then it doesn't matter how good you are on yeah. turntables, you know. But I think that's so. a that's a good awareness to have. Yeah. To yeah. be like, yo, be aware of the room that's going on, mm-hmm. and be like, yo, I don't want to fuck it up. I want to just like keep that energy. Let's right. keep it moving. Right. And then same thing happened on Holy Ship when Craze and I were. Um, we ha- we played a night and then they asked us to do like a surprise set, but they didn't tell us it was gonna be outdoor. Oh. So then on the ship. So when you're on a ship, outdoor is windy as hell. So yeah. we got out there and then uh, yeah, I just took one look at the spot. Like nope, we're not turntabling, but we are definitely playing this because look at this vibe. Like this yeah. is gonna go. Yeah, my uh, that was his first time I think. Yeah, my sister's boyfriend <laughs> called me. She's, my sister's uh, boyfriend called me. She's like, uh, he was like, yo. Your man Zach and Craze fucking killed this shit, da, da, da. and he was going off on some other shit. I'm like, yo, I didn't watch it, but that was fun. Send me the link. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it was like bigging him up. Yeah. I guess you guys killed the fuck out of that place. It was a good time, but do yeah, for me, CDJs, it's like I get it, and I do. You, do you think you pay attention more to the selection when you're on CDJs? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, definitely. I found that out. Definitely, and, but also I think that, uh, man, in a lot of ways, I think I'd probably benefit from being on CDJs because it makes me stop doing some of the things that I just my bad habits that I do yeah. that I do on turntables without yeah. knowing it like I'll, I'll do little stupid like uh, unnecessary scratching very, yeah. un- very unnecessary little little things like not a lot of scratching but like a you know yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be done or or like I it's just it's like, a lot it's easier that mentality to, of staying busy right a lot easier to hit the uh, hit start and have it start on the one right there yeah. and have it be sounding nice and clean and you just focus on the cleanliness and the selection and everything as right. opposed to just like, oh, I can finesse it in there. I'll get it. I'll get it in there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I kind of – when I did the uh, – I did Commonwealth for the first time there, CDJs. And I was like, yo, we just had done that podcast where we yeah. shit on CDJs. And 
you know, I did pretty fucking well in that day. We're the biggest hypocrites because now we're like, eh, CDJs, yeah, CDJs, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. good for this. Pioneer, send them over. <laughs> but it's true. I've noticed that when I'm on CDJs, I'm focusing more on the selection. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. um, it, it's more of a struggle for me to, to blend or mix two records. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. I mean, it's a different way. I think it's perfect for like a lounge. Yeah. If you're at a lounge or like... If you're trying to sustain that that flat line energy that we're talking about, that mm-hmm. steady energy, I think CDJs are the are the move. I don't know. Yeah. I've I've also had, uh, and I don't know why. I feel like I've had a couple of my most favorite memorable nights on CDJs, really? where like the vibe is just crazy. You know, you know what we all are trying yeah. to chase, where you got everybody in the booth and everybody's just freaking out, and it's not just your standard. Oh, that was a good club night, but like the moments where you're like, damn, that was a real night. For some reason, they've all been on CDJs. You think you just kind of stuck on a technical when you have when you have like vinyl? Um, I don't. I don't know what it is. It's weird. I just think more can essentially go wrong on yeah. your vinyl. More. So you're, that that element yeah. is erased from your mm-hmm. your memory. You can just focus mm-hmm. on your craft a little bit more because you're not worried about a record skipping or someone bumping the needle. Yeah. If there's a shitload of people in the booth or and the they needle. bump into you, it doesn't even matter because the CDJ is gonna still go. Yeah. Like, or the needle's not fucking. Like yeah. connector rides on red. And yeah, but I, I do think that that's true. That maybe it gives you a, it improves your, it makes you think about what you're playing, and then makes you ha- give a little bit more respect to the song. Because mm. like I'll disrespect the shit out of songs while I play them. I'll do all, <laughs> you know what I mean. And 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 in my head, it's, it's it's just like a bad habit. I'll do it, and I know that I shouldn't have done it. And sometimes I'll even say it out loud to myself, like knock it off, and like you know, I'll yeah. be just doing Stop. something like. Sorry, <laughs> I can't <laughs> help it sometimes. But when on CDJs, you're just—I just don't want to touch it because I'm afraid I'm gonna like stop the song or start it over. Like, you know, it's like I'm a little bit more delicate with the machine right. itself. Yeah. Than, I, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes I struggle with having songs go to the second verse. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I'm like, yo, that's enough. I think they've heard enough. Let's keep yeah. the energy mm-hmm. moving. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a detriment, and you're right. You know, yeah. CDJs, I'm like. Let me let this last because I don't want a quick mix right. CDJ, so right. I'm going to yeah. slow everything down a little bit. I learned that actually from Dream, too. Dream, he'll be like, no, we're going second, third verse. I'm like, what? It's like, I wrote let's, that let's third verse o- for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, let's talk, let's about, talk about, that. about it. Where, where the fuck did you link up with the Dream? Because when you told oh. me I have some shit going on with the Dream, and then Kirk goes, yeah, he's doing some shit at the Dream Hotel in LA. And I was like, I don't no. know if it's the artist <laughs> or the hotel. No, so... uh so the dream, the singer-songwriter, I love your girl, makeup bag, rocking that, shorty, all that. Grammy Award Wrote for yeah. everybody, Beyonce, uh, Rihanna, Jay-Z, fuck, you name it. He's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. He's really He made that talented. song Baby by Justin Bieber, and it was he, like the yeah. fucking... He made Bieber. <laughs> wow. Christina Milian has some writing credits on that, too, just to say. Yeah, they were dating at that time <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, she was just in the studio, and was like, yeah, you're going to get this check. So, uh... So I, I uh, was a big fan of his music back in, like, the Love Hate album. I thought, man, this, it, it was just, like, something about his style was so, un, it was so like, unpolished, you know? It, it, was, was, like a, he's, it was like a new R&B yeah. kind of, but like a, like a his, borderline Bryson Tiller, like that talk rapping, singing shit. Sort of, you know? yeah. Like, I, I just liked that his, his he didn't, uh, it was something about, like, he maybe wasn't, like, a polished pop singer, but you could tell he wrote it and he feels it you know and like mm-hmm. it was just you could tell that it was just those were his dope personal ideas mm-hmm. and so i was really into it so I, I was hyped on the music and so i just made a mix out of all of his music and i called it dream comma a little dream and it, the cover was dream next to a midget version of himself <laughs> hanging out <laughs> and 
it was just for fun, you know. I just wanted to listen to it. And then uh, I had some homies at Fader, so I sent it to them, and they posted it. And then that mix, like, it got really popular for what I was doing. So I was just like, damn, this was successful. This was great. So I started making a couple more. Um, like, I did some live sets of all Dream stuff by mm -hmm. request or whatever. And so it was just, it was like a running thing where people, when's the next Dream mix coming out? Because it had like a little cult following of, right, right. because the music was so good. And, you know, I worked on that shit hard to make it connect in ways. Because, you know, you work on one artist's music, especially when it's really melodic, yeah. you can connect the shit out of those things and make it into like a big piece. So, um, were you like, what do you catch, like melodic tempos or like yeah, yeah, it was patterns everything. and shit? It, it yeah. was everything. It was like, man, and he already sort of does that with some of his albums. He'll do like three songs that all blend together and are split yeah. with tracks, but they go all together. And so picture that, but like in a mixtape form, it can be pretty wild. So I did that for a long time. And then I sort of stopped a little bit because I just got on with some other stuff. And then one day I was taking my daughter to the park and I got like a weird DM from some dude and he was just like hey uh i'm the dreams manager I want you to come on tour and i was just like bullshit you are it looks like a fake account to me and i was just thinking like damn do i have like who's the hater who's trying to like trick me right now right right and so i was just at i remember i was just pushing her on the swing and i'm like well i'll look up his email address and looked up his email and i was like this this website looks fake as hell and then uh i was like well i'll look one more time and then, oh, so this agency manages Pusha T, though. So it is real, and they manage Pusha. And then I found another article that said that Pusha and Dream are managed by the same people. So it was like this weird, like... Triangle. Yeah, I had to, like, connect all these dots to make sure it was even real before I hit him back. And then hit him and was like, what do you want? It's like, well, Dream really likes the mixes, and he loves that you know his music, and that he trusts that y your vision would be good for this tour. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I went to L.A., Put the set, put the tour set together with him. Convinced him to do some stuff he wasn't originally comfortable doing. We worked together on, we worked together on that, and then went on the road for a while. And then it was like, oh, this works. And then I just did a bunch of tours with him after that. When did that wow. start? Um, I don't know. A couple of years ago. We've done like probably five tours now. Wow. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And it'll just be like a. When you say tours, like maybe like 15, 10 dates at yeah, once? Yeah, uh, anywhere from, I mean, like this last one was short. This last one was supposed to be three dates. But he's still, <laughs> <laughs> he, you can never get anything. He, he just does what he wants. He's And he even says it, like, he'll be on stage and be like, I'm rich. I don't need to be here. I'm, here to, I'm just here to hang out with you. I'm here to hang out with you guys and share this experience. Man. I'm not here for your money. How is so. he, uh, how is he as a, like a, uh, as a person he's a great dude yeah. but he's but i will say he's a millionaire genius for and he's been that way for a long time and there's something about <clears throat> a genius that's been acknowledged as a genius for that long that makes a person slightly different you know not for better or worse like borderline just borderline delusional about certain re no like everyday things I no 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 I, well maybe not with him <laughs> i don't think uh yeah his just his uh like for example Let's say you show up to soundcheck or something, and you're working on some. You're working on getting this thing all put together, making sure the equipment's right, making sure this is right, that's right. Yeah. He'll walk in and he'll fix it on one thing, and to him, it's like is the craziest thing in the world that nobody else saw that first, you know. And for him, it's just like, why would you even leave? Blah. He gave uh, me an example one time. This is when I knew what I was working with. He, he's like, come here, come here. 
So I hop off the stage and I walk down. He hadn't even touched the mic yet. I'm just standing there with him. And he's just, he's not saying anything. He's just looking at the stage. And I'm just standing there with him like, all right, what do you want? What? How big's your house? I'm like, what? How big's your house? I'm like, probably smaller than yours. He's like, uh, <laughs> tell me about your bedroom. Oh, <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he's like, what about your bed? Like, where is this going? And I was so thrown for a loop. And then he, uh, he says, well, you know, if, if, if you invite, <laughs> damn, this is pauseworthy. If you invited me over to your house, how would your bed look? <laughs> oh. I'm like, I don't know where this is going at all. And he goes, you would make your bed before you invited somebody over, right? I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, it wouldn't be all messy and shit, right? Yeah. No, no, probably not. He's like, look up at that DJ table. That DJ table is like your bed. And you just invited me into your house. Is your bed made? I'm like, uh... What do you mean? He's like, look at the drapery. Look at it, it's all wrinkly. Look at like I see all this these drape. You gotta straighten that shit out. Like, oh, like wow. wow. I didn't it's think of that. Of I was analogy. I was kind of focused on making sure the equipment worked. But yeah, I guess <laughs> in a <laughs> few drapes. hours when the show starts, the, the drape should be cleaner. Yeah, you know. And and see, I was th- I was thinking maybe he was talking about the wires. No, yeah. actually, me too. And and he I didn't. I thought you had like a cup or some shit. I'm food. sure I probably did. And you know, and then uh, that was another thing where I thought he meant the wires too. And then yeah. like a couple shows later, he's like, I don't give a shit about the wires. That's like looking at the engine in the car. I, I want to see that. I just don't want to see a messy ass drape. And Damn. that's like something that I never would ever think about. Right. But you bet your ass that whole tour. I w- the first thing I would do. We gotta get the drape right. We gotta get the drape right. <laughs> Dream gets here is my ass. <laughs> yeah, you sometimes Again, forget it's a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, you guys did uh, three shows recently, right? Or yeah, two? I only did two because I was still in Poland. Yeah, uh, sent someone else. <laughs> there was a sent him a folder and was like, play one through five. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of my homegirls in LA went to the LA one, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yo, this is a dream." I'm like, "Yo, who's the DJ?" I don't know. Some white boy was in the back. <laughs> it was like, "Yo, yep. that's me." <laughs> <laughs> never, yeah. ha- never has a really funny story, and we're gonna interject his story here, but I'll tell it to you uh-huh. uh, right now. Probably like eight years ago, at the um, this uh, old club called Jet, which is um, in the when, Mirage, in the Mirage, yeah. So he hosted. And he got on the mic and he did like two of his songs. So after he finished doing his songs, it was time for me to get back on. So he was like, he was like, yo, <laughs> he was like, yo, DJ, hey, yo, play some of my hits. So at the moment, I really didn't know what songs he produced. So I was like, kind of stuck. And then he started becoming an asshole. He was like, yo, nigga, you don't know my shit. And he was on the mic. Telling, telling the crowd, yo, this nigga don't know my shit. What's up with that? <laughs> and, and I was like embarrassed and I was pissed off at the same time. I'm like, yo. I'm he was not- saying every all of this shit on the mic. Yeah, he was saying all this shit on the mic. And I was just like, em- I was like nervous and embarrassed and I couldn't believe he was doing this shit. So I was like pissed. And at the time, he was going out with Christine Meliana. And Christine bef- Milian. Milian. And before <laughs> this. <laughs> That's like Nisa. That's not like like a porn star, <laughs> like a porn star trying to come off that kind of look like so, Christina Milian. So before they was dating, she was going out with um Dre, Cool from, and Dre, from Cool and Dre, and they and they made like uh Hated to Love It, uh, Hated cool, to Love It, yeah, yeah um, with, uh, the game and Fifty, and they, and they did like her one of her big songs at the moment, um, uh, Dip It Low, no the other one, but anyway, I was like so mad, 
I was gonna play one of their songs, and I was gonna be like, "Yo, this is your shit right here, right?" And it was gonna, it was a Cool and Dre song, but I didn't do it. I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck it," and I just like, I was just so pissed off. I don't believe some dude would say that. Like, yeah, I just remember, like, I remember I met up with you after, like, after your set, and you were like, you were like so stressed out and pissed. Yeah, and I think I got you a drink, and you were like, "Man, I never been called the N word so many times, man." <laughs> This motherfucker was just kept yelling at me. He was like putting me out there and shit. Yeah, it was like fucked up, man. <laughs> Anytime an artist, I, that's the other thing that I haven't. Uh, for he better or worse, of, he had a lot of hits at he that has time. Fucking sure. hits, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but, can play all the stuff he's written for people. A, I think there was a lot of songs that maybe like, I think never knew them, but there were maybe some songs that like he, you know, like some Beyonce shit he did. Yeah, there, you, you gotta, know what I mean. You gotta know yeah. what, where he's been. Exactly. And also, there's a lot of songs that you don't realize are are, are such cult hits like when we do shows he'll play stuff that i love that i would never think we should play that at the show but when, when, when you're in front of like an r b yes when you're in yeah. front of that r b crowd right mm. yeah it's all women it. bro yeah. no no <laughs> i mean it's tons but yeah i mean but majority is women and he he has been making a point to say like fellas thanks for also carrying the torch because like you know no we are this is, heads over here exactly Shit. um does he do uh walking on the moon because that's yeah so i convinced him in the very first tour, so I used to do this thing, uh, I, I think I put it on a mix, but I used to do this thing with, um, what was it, Expose, Point and Overturn? Yeah. Oh, and so I, used to, I like did this blend with it back then. And so the very first day in rehearsal, I was like, how would you feel about doing this? Like, And I kind of played it for him, and he was like, yes, we're doing that. And then I would pitch something else, he'd be like, we're not doing that. <laughs> but so <laughs> we did the Walking on the Moon thing with Point and No Return, and we we always do it that way. It's That's like my favorite record. The, it's the move. It's, um, a, it's a great, it's a great uh, dream record, and it was one of like, one of the only like really up-tempo yeah, joints. That's the up-tempo. first one I ever recall him doing. Fast Car is another big one for him that's also up-tempo. Mm-hmm. Same, same BPM. Yamaha, that's another big one for him. Anyway, but that's okay. the other thing is I feel like I feel like I might might be a little bit uh almost like uh, um, uh, a little delusional about what his hits are now because I'm such a fan that I they're all hits to me. So yeah, then yeah. I wonder like, well, what actually what what do other non like dream aficionados play in the club? You know, yeah. so I mean, if he so shouted many. play my hits, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Yo, man. like when he came out with that song, what was it? Dope shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that didn't really hit. It no. didn't go nowhere, but it was such a good fucking tune, record. Tune. Well, it was on the radio, heavy, but it, it, yeah. but that's another one where you'll play at one place and it may not go. You'll play it at another place and it's huge. Yeah, yeah. and so I just. I don't. It's tough for me to understand where his fan base kind of weaves in and out of different areas. But that's uh, but, but that's same a with song. like that movie. That's or movie. Yeah, yeah. That song. That's my shit. You oh that yeah. One? That's another one where I remember it, but it never it, it, like connected with me. But we'll play it out, and it'll be huge. That was you know? a big song. Yeah. yeah. Throw it in the bag is also. I, I don't yeah. know how that one goes in the in, in the club now, but. I, I play in the, in the opening sets for for him. Okay. I'll go that into the remix, and it's always game over. Like Love King, Love King, yeah, yeah. great record. Damn, he got he's he has hits, yeah. bro. It's crazy. Rocking that shit. Mm-hmm. That was a dope what is that like a good hour show? An hour and a half? At least an hour. Usually an hour and a half, sometimes two. I mean, wow. we'll just depending on how he feels, especially like not this LA show, but the LA show before that. I think we did like six or seven encores. Oh, like legit, yeah. we went an extra hour or something just because he was feeling himself. I think Beyonce was there, so he's like peacocking a little bit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so. uh yeah, I mean, when he's feeling, and also he is an incredible performer. Like he not only 
can sing his ass off. He's got crazy charisma and timing, mm-hmm. but um, but he has like really uh, good crowd work. Like yeah. if he if for any reason he needs to interact with the crowd, he will win them over every time. Even if they're a rough crowd and he's talking shit to them, that's his only <laughs> way of winning them over. Like I've seen him go do a lot of different things. I've seen him play the Casanova. I've seen him play the aggressor. And no matter what, like every time I see him, I'm always impressed. So that's cool. And there's probably not a whole lot of artists like that. Pusha is another one I've seen him play a bunch of times. Well, and it's Pusha like, came out last yeah. night, right? Uh, to your LA. show. Yeah, LA, yeah he, he came uh, out for uh, three nights ago. They did a MF, MFTR. You yeah. said you were surprised at how, uh, how clear he sounded on the mic, right? It's insane. His yeah. cadence is just like it cuts through. It's That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's not often that you hear like rappers who sound exactly like the record. Does the ad libs, does every word. They're yeah. on it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But he's, but he's like another one uh, from what I hear that kind of like that scene mentality of he's like, uh, he, what I've been told is he does not have unreleased verses. Every verse he writes has been paid and put out, paid for and put out. And uh, like he just, it's got to have a bottom, a bottom line, like efficiency. And yeah. every tour, I mean, come on, there's not a whole lot of guys that rock in-ear monitors. He's a, if you're rocking in-ear monitors, you must care a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? And he'll go out there, like, with his team and knock it down. So it's pretty impressive. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him at Life is Beautiful. He performed with the Gorillas. Yep. It was pretty sick. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was sick. Um, I think he did, he did uh, something with Flume, too, recently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, but that's the one thing I was going to say is uh, you guys play in a lot of – a lot of situations where you'll have like an artist uh, come to the club and then you'll have to sort of cater to that. I know you've touched on that a little bit about how you have to play for them, be mindful of if they have any beefs or whatever, but then also still work, work the crowd. And like, I'll admit, I I don't have a whole lot of experience with that. And so I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it would go. One of the DJs who I've, who like is masterful at that. And I mean a master, and I, whenever he has, he's in a high pressure situation like that. I try to go see him as Ross One. Oh, yeah. Ross is the king. Ross yeah. One is very, very calculated, and he can see the room. And he, in his set, he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this, and then for Rihanna, and then I'm gonna hit the crowd a little bit, give them a little something, and then I'm gonna go to Jay, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back into and there's Fabulous here, yeah. so I'll do a little Brooklyn shit with Fab." Like, he's very mindful that way. Where Very technical. I mean, he did the Rock Nation. Bunch. I mean, it's yeah. technical, but it's very calculated yeah. in, in how he's doing his set. And that's mm-hmm. why he does those Rock Nation brunches. Smart format. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he wants me to talk about this, but off the record, he'll, he'll de- he, he's DJed for, like, Seinfeld. Beep, beep, beep. Wow. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> like, his uh, Seinfeld's wife, like, books him, <coughs> and he'll be in, like, Seinfeld's home. That's so tight. And he's DJing with Jerry Seinfeld, and then they'd be like dancing around with like or something weird and he's just having to dj for like these people's tastes and, and i think that's and then seinfeld's in the back what are you doing <laughs> yeah, and seinfeld would be coming up with you know with a drink just standing by him and like asking him questions or like you know yeah you got this and then you'll have to work that in yeah but to me i Very i don't ter- know if i could handle that but that's that's a good example of how many different ways to success there are in DJing and right. that's why that's yeah. why when I say that uh, like we talk a lot of shit on two cents for me personally uh, yeah I, I may have heavy opinions about stuff but for the most part now maybe it's just as I get older or more experienced I care less or I don't I don't I don't take as much offense if somebody's lane is different than mine because there's stuff that I'm not good at either that right. you know it's just like 
being put in a Ross one situation, I wouldn't do it as well as well as Ross, you know. But like if it I takes get time. In, right, it if takes I get time. if I get in my own lane, then I feel more comfortable. But everybody's different. And then back to the Seinfeld thing, we put a lot of Seinfeld in that recent mix because I feel like Seinfeld's come of the age where he's talking about his craft in the mm-hmm. same way that a lot of us all talk about yeah, our craft. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge similarity between stand-up comedy and DJing. I feel yeah. like if yeah. you if you truly care, because it's depressing as shit. It's like all, it's all a facade of like, everything's always funny and you're always, you know, it's, you always have a great show. It's like, no, the reality is the shit's grueling. It can be depressing. It can be uh, isolating. You can develop bad habits. You can mm-hmm. have bad shows, just like you can have good shows. It, it, the list goes on and on. If you talk, if you hear him talk about it, that's why we end up, mm-hmm. ended up using a lot of his skits. And Crazy and I talk about it when it comes to Two Cents because when we talk about where we're taking the performance, which, um, I don't think anybody has seen even remotely what our plan is yet. Is going to be, um, I want to be the stand-up comedy of DJs. Like I, when I want to think when people come to our show, I don't want people to think like that was a good DJ set. I want people to think that was a show. Right. Like yeah. Cirque du Soleil meets brutal honesty well, meets messaging meets like the Rage Against the Machine of DJing, the stand-up comedy of DJing, the Cirque du Soleil of DJing. <laughs> Put those three into one, and that's Two Cents DJ show. So like, I've spoken to a. a, a few djs mm-hmm. that i would do like because you guys are a duo kind of right i mean you call it like the dj duos thing mm. and then i would see a lot of dj duos and i wouldn't really see like i don't see what the point of these two people spinning are like for yeah, there's not usually yeah yeah usually um yeah usually i think it's like a money grab. one person can do that yeah. but then i think that's opposite like it's a money grab but then at the same time then you're splitting your money <laughs> so it's like no i see a lot of these guys a lot of the a lot of these guys team up as as young dudes who are trying to blow uh-huh. up, and then it's just like, well, if one of you could just do that, yeah, you know, what is the other one offering? I think in some cases, depending on the marketing, like what's his name, uh, what's his, uh, Mark Ronson and Diplo, yeah, I think their rates will go up. Well, the thing is, what we mean crazy, we're, we're never gonna abandon our our solo stuff, and it what we do individually is a little bit different than what we do as a group, yeah. and I think that that's where where we want to. We want to take it way further when we're together and just kind of like develop something that you wouldn't do as a as a single DJ, you know. And so it's going to take a lot of time. It's well, a lot of work. But well, that was that was one thing I wanted to kind of ask you about mm. is that like what kind of hat do you put on when you're when you're two cents and what kind of hat do you put on? Yeah. You know, what what do your sense? Where do your sensibilities change mm-hmm. and where do they like? Yeah. You know? Well, um, it going back to like the practicing thing, he yeah. gets mad because he's like, we got to practice this shit. What we do takes practice and he's right what we do does take practice because it's not like okay now you now you do something now i'll do something now you do something yeah there's some of that but then there's stuff there's a lot of times where we're doing where we have four turntables and we're doing stuff with all of them and and able to yeah create what we're doing right and um we'll do a lot of like uh it's uh, a lot of really message heavy stuff it's whether it's like yeah political societal like we we really try to make uh just have a lot of messages in our in whatever we do whether it's like skits or tunes or just general approach and so um uh to put on the hat i think it's just like we take more chances as far as what we get away with we're not necessarily trying to keep the vibe just rocking in the exact same way everybody else is Mm -hmm. yeah there's moments where we're going to be like all right now watch this shit okay now let's get back to the party okay now listen to this shit Mm -hmm. okay now how do you feel about that shit you know it's like it's we're working on how it rolls out but the goal is to not have it just be a standard dj set which is easy to say a lot harder to do 
especially when I'm in Seattle and he's in Miami. <laughs> coast to coast. It's a lot of miles. You guys going to have, like, T-shirt guns and stuff like that? <laughs> Are you guys gonna have cryo uh, guns with your got, two cents on it? We got uh, skits about that kind of stuff. <laughs> what is it? The glow sticks, glow cocks, yeah, glow cocks yeah, yeah, yeah. with two cents on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll see how all that stuff. Have you guys thought about out, releasing any merch? By the way, I got a ton of stuff in the. Well, in the he pipe. was he was blow drying ha- uh, like Jesus, the hands. That shit, <laughs> man. If you order some foam fingers, let me tell you, pick that shit up early. And get those things out of the box because they come all wrapped up, mm-hmm. and then when you pull them out, they're all they just look fucked up. Like yeah, weird. Like a wet blanket. So how many? That a dog's been so I remember on. seeing like an in- Instagram story of him in like a hotel room, and he had like I don't know how many, a hundred, couple, couple hundred, couple and, I d- hundred. and I had to figure out, I had to figure out what's the best way to get these things back to life. The show's tonight, and the, and the thing says just pull them out of the box and leave them out for a few hours. So I pulled them out. I left them for an hour. I was like, nah, this isn't, this is not going. So uh, I was just restricted to what I had in the hotel room. So I just looked around like, hairdryer. I mean, I don't know what this is going to do, but if I blast the foam fingers with the hairdryer, and yeah, man, they, like, they started puffing back up, and then I realized it started smoking. I was like, fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's working, though. And so I did, like, 200 foam hands in a small L.A. hotel room, and I couldn't open the window because it's, you know, some one of those hotels where you can't open the window. And so I'm just like, you know, <laughs> like the f- high as hell and headache like crazy. That's crazy. Crazy wasn't even in town, so he couldn't even help I- me. Irreversible so just, brain damage that yeah. he probably did. Well, what's that, that like? It brought me back because when I first moved to Seattle, I got a job with some t-shirt print shop, and then you know how uh, there's like the heat transfer style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where you just, you know, and you yeah. sit there, and this spot was cutting corners left and right. So you latch it down, and it would just start smoking. And so at one point, they finally gave us, like, gas masks. And we had to do this shit with gas Jeez. masks because it was so bad. It just brought me back, like, oh, yeah, that's where that's where the little spots in the brain go. Yeah. I can relate to that because when I used to sell shoes, we had to wrap them in that plastic. Ugh. And then you hit them with the, yeah, mm-hmm. with the blow dryer and you fucking get high as a motherfucker. Yeah. Jeez. But it just goes to show that you always forget about the details. You try to do anything that's beyond the call of duty mm-hmm. plan a little extra time yeah I, uh, you must know all about that though. i know all about it <laughs> and uh these guys hate me because i'm always getting on them about even just the details of this podcast mm-hmm. which she is went a lot of work before this shit came out yeah. to the light yeah anything anything worth doing is going to take a lot more time than you think yeah but yeah. but then on the flip side not, and not to get all deep on it or whatever but uh my mom called me uh the other day and was like i finally listened to your new mix like yeah. listen to part four. I was like, oh wow, cool, thanks. She's like, I listened to it three times in a row. Mm. Like, oh wow. And then I'm thinking like, there's some pretty questionable stuff on that mix. <laughs> dick, dick, pussy ass, dick. Like, damn, yeah. damn, my mom's listening to this. Like, and then she's like, no, I get it. Like, I get, I get what you've been talking about now all this time. Like, and she's always been supportive, but she's like, no, but I get the vision now of this isn't just a mixtape of music. This is like. There's a lot of opinions, and you're, you're getting a lot off your chest, and you're making something lasting, mm-hmm. and you're making something. And, and I was just thinking, like, yeah, the goal of, of the two cents stuff is, I just want to be able to make as 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 a DJ, I want to make something that when I'm gone will still matter. Right. And it may not matter right now to many people, but it matters to me. That shit, like when I listen to it, I think like that that was a lot of work. There's a lot of thought, a lot of creativity. It took it took a lot out of me to make that. Mm-hmm. It like almost killed me type of thing every single mix it almost like crushes us you know and so 
I just want people to be able to look back on those, even if they don't get it right now and just go like, damn, that was a moment. Like that was a real thing, you know? And, and especially as DJs, it's hard because we live in this, in this like tornado of party where one night just flows into the next mm -hmm. and you can't remember anything because right. it's all, it just all goes together. Yeah. Just one party into the next, one cryo shot, one fucking shot of booze, one like, you know, whatever presentation later. So I just wanted something that was still DJ related that could last beyond that. That was the goal, I guess. That's great. I struggle with that a lot because, like, I haven't done a mixtape and I would say, fuck, like... 2011, uh, I think that was 2011, because I'm very uh, anal about certain shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of a detriment, too. Like, I have conversations with uh, Ross One, and mm -hmm. we'll, you know, <coughs> we'll talk about mixtapes and just concepts, and we'll never, like, kind of go through with anything because, I don't know, like... You know, I just feel like sometimes now I'm in a in a in a phase where I'm just like, you know what? If I do it, I should just do it because, you know, why not? Just get started on it, mm -hmm. and then I'll just get it done. And yeah. either way, like even if it was just like, I don't know, like a B minus of what I do, yeah. it'll still translate as something semi good yeah. or acceptable to the public. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I still struggle with that. Even with this podcast, that's why I had to test. Like we were telling you, mm -hmm. like we recorded like nine episodes before we even came out. Yeah. Because there was no fucking way I was gonna I was gonna put my name on something like this. Yeah. yeah. And it was gonna fucking suck. Yeah. You know. And then the other part of it too, especially as DJs, is we always gotta sort of live in this moment that it's yeah. like a stuff comes and goes so quick. It's so it's tough to, for me. It's tough. It's tough to think of. I'm gonna put all this music on a mix. I'm gonna put all this work into it, and then a season later, all this music's gonna be old, and yeah, it's not gonna matter, or it's just gonna seem out of date, or like trash you know yeah and that's just the internet thing well we live in a world yeah. where content is more important right a steady mm -hmm. stream of content yeah. is more important than actual like a good mm -hmm. like a like a, us putting out uh like eight 20 minute you know mixtapes throughout the year is better than making like one really good one yeah that'll yeah. make that might get forgotten yeah and so that's like the that's a scary thing about it but for us like with with the two cent mixes we just figure as long as we're putting so much into it that is different and, and making new things happen, new ideas, new techniques, things that nobody's ever heard, then at least like somebody will be able to listen to that down the road and be yeah. like, damn, that was some shit. Well, you're, cha you know? you're definitely changing a, 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 a lot of people's like perceptions on shit. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? In a good way? What's the goal? It's just to get yeah. a conversation. For we always talk about it too. Like I get that not everybody's gonna have the same opinions about us, especially when a lot of times we'll get booked in the same realm as these guys that we may be may or may not be taking shots directly at, you know? And yeah. um uh we just want the conversation. You know, people shouldn't be afraid to have opinions about stuff or like if you're tired about stuff just because it's the flavor of the month doesn't mean you have to fuck with it you know yeah. so like we'll see what's going on now in the edm industry and i i think i was a uh i was a lot more like accepted or i was accept uh, accepting a lot of this stuff that was going on because i figured like well that's the game but it's like it's secular or what's the it, it all goes in cycles yeah, secular. yeah. it goes in cycles in this in the sense of a. Um, something if it's hot right now it's gonna die eventually it's gonna die yeah. you know and then everything's not like that yeah. exactly yep. it's like that with fashion it's like that with everything you name it um except with supreme but yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's get into that in a minute god damn i want to talk about that <laughs> with zach 
Su- but, uh, Supreme is like a unicorn. It so. is. Yeah. It is. It's wild. Yeah. But another part of that, though, is that they're masters of their content. You know, they put so much out. They've got so much. They they control their they control their accessibility that much. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it doesn't doesn't hurt that they came up in the era where Quick Strike really meant something. You know. Yeah, because I I'm, I was telling you I used to work right there in Fairfax. Mm-hmm. Two doors away from them, and you know, you get sick of seeing the line go past your store. It was fun. <laughs> like I can't get out. It was fun. It was fun, but yeah. it was a uh, you know, it was crazy to see that shit like firsthand. And it was not even it was it wasn't like for a big mainstream thing. It was for skateboarding, mm-hmm. and you know, you're a big yeah. skater or whatever. But <laughs> I do like I do like the skating. Yeah, and uh, I actually seen Craze tell you, yo, and she's supposed to be working on a mixtape. What the fuck you doing? He was at the gym <laughs> saying that. I already know, and I called him out, and he was. At the gym when he said it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is my the gym, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I just want I want to know your your point of perspective because you have a alive and well, which is mm-hmm. a skateboard shop in Seattle. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, uh, Supreme's kind of pushing, you know, your envelope, or is it like making your shit like the mainstream wave trending? I don't know. It's tough to say. Uh, you you definitely I, have your own niche market. Yeah, I wouldn't you know? consider. Yeah, I, I don't live in the I don't live in the supreme spectrum yeah. at all. I mean, I. I like it. It's cool. You know, I don't like a lot of the attitudes that go along with it. Same reason mm-hmm. I don't really fuck with Yeezys. It, it's not about the stuff. It's about the attitudes or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's just a totally different thing. It's like, it's, it's like EDM versus club DJing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm not, I, I feel no, no way here or there about it. I can't keep up with it. I don't keep up with it. But at the same time, I like that it, uh, it maybe keeps the skate torch alive. Yeah, but now skating's back all over again. And it's cool again. So, I think I think you guys alive and well has one of one of the like one of the best logos that I've seen. I love it. That oh, black shit. and white. Thanks, I like man. it a lot. And uh, and uh, it's one of those things where I think when we first linked up, or I believe it was like maybe One Oak. You were DJing, or mm, yeah, yeah, with Premier. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, with Maddie. I think that's where we kind of also like uh, we understood like that retail owning a store, having staff, mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. buying, yep. dealing with uh, marketing, social mm-hmm. media, you know, keeping stock and and you know trying to like expand the brand as mm-hmm. well. And uh, I think that's where we kind of like we're we were really definitely like connecting because it is not easy no. to keep a business going, and I don't think people realize it, and I don't even think people realize. The smoke and mirrors that comes in a business and a lot of the things they think are successful are not successful Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And it's just that there's this huge money machine behind these entities or these brands that are supplying the continuous marketing and smoke and mirrors of everything. But Mm -hmm. in the end, it's like it's really there. A lot of brands are taking a lot of L's. And I would say in the past year and a half, more and more brands I would say there's more brands that are taking L's, like the successful ones that you think are doing well. Those motherfuckers are suffering, mm-hmm. and they're just getting by, like literally just getting by. Oh, it's, yeah. the, it's yeah. the same old story. You know, you, you, you blow up, you get to this point where you need to invest. Some, you're making so much money, but in order to stay afloat, you got to keep feeding it. And then what happens when your bottom drops out? Right. Then you're feeding this big machine without the revenue, and then you take the L. But then you got people like Huff who reportedly sell the brand for whatever 67 mil or something oh really i didn't hear about it yeah i mean they sold it off i think i can't remember the exact 
the exact way it's all going down, but they sold off enough of it for 67 mil to was that whoever when the, originally reinvested. Was that when their stores was, was popping up? Like when they, when this they was opened? recent. This, this was recent. This was yeah. Past year. Yeah. I was, I used to work right next to Huff. Yeah. 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 But, nice. um, I mean with Alive and Well, mm. when did you open it? Uh, 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, what are the changes that happened? How did y'all have to adapt without getting too much into certain details? But um, and then where where is the the focus of where you guys are at right now with Alive and Well? I'm just curious because. Well, I, I'll I'll be I'll be totally honest about it. We yeah. shut our doors. Yeah. So we, we yeah we shut the doors in November end of November, and uh, you know it's still an online thing, mm-hmm. but. I think what you got to understand with like Alive and Well, just like any other brand, is it's all about your crew and how su- how efficient your crew can be. Right. And like, we opened that store with homies. It was just homies who wanted to make a difference. Before that, we were working. You remember Goods in Seattle? I've heard of it. Yeah, Goods yeah. was like mm-hmm. Goods was a shop that started in like the earlier 2000s and was just crushing it. I mean, they were doing big things for Seattle, and we all, in different ways, worked with Goods. Some owners, some managers, some just like designer. So um, when goods shut down, it was, you know, it had its own falling out, internal falling out. And so we took, excuse me, the guys who, um, the like-minded guys who were all still homies, we took that, moved it over line well, thought, hey, we're going to let goods shut. We're going to carry the torch. We're going to make brand new stuff. We're going to keep it Seattle-focused. We're never going to think beyond Seattle because we want this to be good. Seattle's always treated as, like, a non-issue. Right. It's like people always forget that it's a real place even, you know? Yeah. It's like we're never considered a, a real city, and that we're just used to that. That's what that's the Seattle mindset. It's the – it's we've been taking L's for years, mm-hmm. you know? That's – but – and that's just how we all kind of grow up and think about it. So we just were like, we're going to do this for, for us. We get that there's a whole bigger streetwear industry that – follows different sort of trends we're going to do our best to just stay focused on what we like to do for our shop for our people for our friends Mm -hmm. and we did that and we never really deviated from it um we did a ton of collaborations with people because those were homies um i think most recently we did one with like jesse brown who's another local seattle artist who's amazing Mm -hmm. we did before that we did uh, that thing with pleasures with um uh this guy lance this photographer who used to uh shoot um grunge era stuff and so pleasures he, is doing really well right pleasures now. is killing it yeah i mean success story right there uh-huh. um but so we did a lot of stuff with a lot of different people and it was all just because it was friendship related it wasn't like mm-hmm. we got to get in tight with these guys or we got to release this because right. it's hot it was i mean it, we just did stuff because we th- thought it was good for the city but i will say that as with a lot of things you get too many owners too many cooks in the kitchen too many ideas and improper communication and you're going to start having some breakdowns. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Like, there was a lot of arguing that went down to the point where it was just nobody was hearing each other, you know? And and that was all it was. It was just. And then when you start making some money, too. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. It, all, it all clouds the, mm-hmm. the, the initial vision of everything, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's just tough because it's like you you care about what's going on and you get wrapped up in the in the politics of it all, the right. internal politics of it all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thankfully we're all still, we're all still tight. Everything's good. It just got to the point where it was like, things were getting a little too, confu- too um, complicated. So we're yeah. like, you know what, let's take a step back. Brand's still running strong on the net. That's whatever. good. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, 
it'll it'll come back to life here strong. But I think for now, everybody just needed a little breathing time. But Dope. I think plug, now plug, is plug, the, we're I opening th- another shop. You're opening another shop. Yeah, we just signed the lease. Good. Uh, me oh and, yeah. Me and another homie got a new brand coming. So. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yep. So <laughs> Definitely. I'll the, send you a box. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Because I think we were even talking about a potential collab with the yeah. uh, new and uh, alive and well. So yeah, yeah the new one, the new one's going to be a perfect example of where we were talking about picking up on that because uh-huh. we want the new stuff to be um, with with the alive and well. It was so skate focused that we always wanted to make it accessible for people, mm-hmm. and um, you know that means not having a high price point. That means that means doing stuff that you can kind of just keep pumping out because, I mean. I gotta admit, shit, skaters like rip through our stuff. You know, right. we're gonna go destroy yeah. a T-shirt in a day, so we can't be like trying to make some fancy ass shirt that that you know, if you take the L on the T, then it's a problem. So we always tried to stay pretty like reluctant to do cut and sew. We did a lot of pieces, but we never really went in mm-hmm. fully on it. So the new thing is gonna be. Uh, you guys had a, all about a, a couple chances. of great jackets, though. I remember mm-hmm. that you dropped. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we work with a lot of really good people up there. That yeah. a lot of good people for production plus. It helps that uh, the print shop is also owned by one of the, my business partners, <laughs> so we get away with we get away with a lot up there. That's, That's good, man. I, yeah. I think if anything, for for anyone who's starting a business or who's developing, I think the next two years is the perfect time to start developing or starting something mm-hmm. new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually there's this shift in powers that that that's going on right now. And it's it's happening with the clothing industry. It's happening with a lot of industries. Retailing. But it's it's kind of like you know these these entities that were here for a long time, you know they're using the youth to sell mm-hmm. this old brand. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I'm not saying that these old brands have to die, but there has to be a shift. There has to be a change where, you know, ev- you know where the money's getting distributed a little bit better. But anyway, during this change, I think in retail and everything, you know. I think it's the best time to actually start something and develop it and build a following now. Right. Nice. Then, uh, goes in goes in yeah. cycles. Yeah. Yep. We're seeing it all fall apart right now and it'll it'll pop right back it'll up. It'll pop back up, right? Just like with DJing. It's in it's in the country's in a dark place. Mm-hmm. I would say clothing retail is in a dark place. Mm-hmm. A very dark place. Scary. Scary. Scary dark. Anytime that anytime I actually pull my head out of the sand and look around at the landscape of of retail and, and, and brands and everything, it makes me not feel at all comfortable no. about about staying involved in it but that's it's just like with anything else if if you want to do something don't let the landscape scare you away mm-hmm. you know do it because you want to do it and then hopefully because you're doing it for the right reasons it'll find its own success path same I, with djing i went through similar similar issues that you went through with uh, alive and well with new mm-hmm. here in vegas and it's it's almost the same thing where like no one really takes vegas seriously you know mm-hmm. and even to this point uh you know, I don't think people consider like new a Vegas brand. You know what I mean? Mm. But it is actually, I would say, that it is one of the only clothing brands that really represent Vegas. Vegas. Yep. But you know, there there are a lot of young dudes out here that are, that have great brands that are that are coming up. Uh, yeah. There's this one kid is, um, he has a gutter born. There's mm. and there's, a, there's a bunch of talented kids that are gonna come up that that are from Vegas. Yeah. Uh, there's like these dudes that were from Stussy. Uh, Bryson and uh, Devin, they got like a do rag company. They're coming up, so like all of these dudes are on the come up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I was, you know, there's a time when you have to look at your business or something like new that I had, and you kind of get caught up in the machine, mm-hmm. the money machine, and like you lose the focus on what what was the main focus, and you can't do that when you have like 20 employees. 
Yeah. You have a payroll. <coughs> you've got rent. Yeah. You got all yeah. of this shit. So at some point I had to go down and I say, okay, look, like I'm becoming like a nine to five, not even a nine to five, like a 15 hour working dude. Mm-hmm. But I'm not working for myself. I'm like working for my staff. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that had to change. And in changing that, I realized, like, I love making clothes. I love this. I love that. And I'm just going to keep this. And I just got to restructure some of the operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's what it basically came down to. But I totally understand where you're coming from yeah. and how you need a break. But ultimately, you're going back in because there, there was a love. There's that design aspect yeah. Yeah. in your heart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got to sure. keep that shit going. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. Because, like, um, people always ask uh, – uh, Friends that I grew up with would ask, like, oh, man, you left advertising. Like, damn, so you're not doing any design? It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'll never <laughs> stop doing design. Every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Trying like, as I, we speak. Mixtape covers, logos. It everything. goes on. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I mean, you, it, for me, if you're, if you're interested in doing stuff, everybody should do more than one thing. That's just what it is. Yeah. It only helps. Now's the time. Mm-hmm. America's built like that where you can't just focus on one shit. Yeah. You can't do one thing. You got to do, like, five, four to five different things. And, right? each, and each thing should individually almost kill you. Like, if you're not putting in work that you, every single day you're wondering i might die <laughs> then you're not doing it hard enough you know yeah so <laughs> it's true yeah. um i kind of want to go back uh i want to go back to the three style yeah, that's what yeah. i was gonna say yeah because there's a lot of fucking ball bags i want to i want to yeah, yeah. talk to i want to talk about two things mm-hmm. i want to because it looked like fucking fun out there in poland poland yeah. was a good time yeah I f- yeah that looked like a lot, a lot of, of fun a lot of and good people uh, you you said that in one of our pod in our I guess our previous yeah. episode <laughs> you fucking dirtbags out there <laughs> you guys lost a lot of followers <laughs> <laughs> we were the I don't brand think, I don't think we weren't shitting on three style we, we weren't, weren't shitting, shitting on, on anything we were just giving our perspective motherfuckers got soft this is this is what I want to clear up when I said I I I didn't like like DJs who scratch just to scratch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about I don't know if y'all remember this but back in the day. At the end of the night, you'd have some homies, some DJ homies at the club, right? Not on my it, nights. Well, <laughs> I know where you're going with you this. You know what I'm going with yes, this, right? Yes, I know where you're there going with period this. There was a period where like, oh shit, there's all these DJs in the booth and it's 3 a.m. The club closes at 4. Let's just scratch for the last half hour or last hour. <laughs> and I, and dude, I mean, I'd be there watching dudes and look, I'm not a scratching dude. Like I can do like the most basic shit. You know what I mean? But it was just never my focus to be mm-hmm. that. My focus was more on, like, rocking the party, selection, mm-hmm. uh, energy, and, like, mic control and all of that shit. But I do respect that shit a lot, and I love it a lot. But I swear to God, there's – I can't sit there and watch these dudes scratch for, like, an hour nope. and go back. And I just never th- knew what the point was. And I thought it was completely selfish that they cleared a club out. By scratch for a bunch of nerds and just to do shit that they could do in their bedroom. Well, that's actually why I think that it works now that they have these things like scratch lounges or whatever the scratch meetups. Where the fuck those? is a scratch? What the fuck you is that? No, not like lounge, like not like lounge, like lounge, lounge. Like they'll do these meetups, like the Texas Scratch League, I think. Uh, Damn, yeah, if there's a there's scratch a, there's these inviters who want to see this shit. From, what do you mean? I want to burn water. that shit down. They have, <laughs> they have the shit in Seattle. I've never been, but they have like scratch you don't meetups. Start it, exactly. I'm just saying they've got they've got scratch. <laughs> they got their own special clothes. <laughs> <laughs> scratch meetup sounds crazy. Uh, they do have like is it like a potluck? Everyone brings like a stew or I something. 
like, yo, you bringing that vinyl? Some kid yeah. over in the corner is like rolling a yeah. six-sided die or a, a yeah. 24-sided die. Um, no, but uh, I think that that's for me the only appropriate time. I don't real. I don't. I don't cut like that. And yeah. so when people come up and go like, let's have a scratch session, I'm like, no. Yeah, and it's not to career. like. It's not to. You know, it's not to knock it. Because uh-huh. like, again, when me and Crazy are practicing, he'd be like, you just want to like cut for a while. I'm like, nope. It's like, <laughs> why not? He's like, that that shit's like meditation for me. I'm like, that shit's like anxiety to me. Like, I just don't want to. It's like yeah. jerking off. It's another Again, version of jerking you, off. You keep me. going back with a dick punch. It is man. because it's kind of like I'm good. I don't know how to explain. Like, if I was good at something, and just to continue doing it, mm. knowing that I'm good at it, it it's just it's but a little different. Again, I'm not a lot. If it's crazy, like self discovery. I'm not con- saying that craze what he's doing. No, I'm no, just no, no, no. I'm there's just, a level of like self absorption. I don't like, know. I like sc- I like fucking around, but not. To call Darren up and be like, no, that, to me, there's got to be a purpose. Like, I'm doing this to make a mix, to do this, to do to do a routine or something. But to mm-hmm. just be in my bedroom and scratch for 30 not, minutes. Not gonna lie, if Chris tells, let's have a scratch off or whatever, whatever it's mm-hmm. just called, that would be kind of scary. That's like sparring oh. with like Tyson, bro. I, I've told them that too. Like, why, like would I, why would you want me to scratch with you? Yeah, that's, that's scary. Just, it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. and makes you just feel like, better. Yeah, just have a scratch off. What uh, the fuck? Nah, yeah. you, you're like no. Tyson out here. But but I do I do get it. And I, 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 like, I'm not knocking it because I know I can't do it. And I know that people get a, a great uh, sense of, they get something out of it. And as long as they get something out of it, then I don't really care what it is mm. that is your hobby, you know? But um to take it back to where you were talking about it being in the club, I just don't, um, the whole, like, I don't want to see a three-style set in the club. Well, yeah. or, or or I don't want to, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but I don't want to see, like, a DMC set in the club. It's like. I don't know if I, no, I, I didn't say that. He said. Uh, I don't want to see scratching. I, I Look, no, I just uh, think it's s- totally different things. Scratching mm-hmm. for no purpose is what he's mm-hmm. At the club. In the club. Not saying. He just said that basically, like the, those routines look like a fucking bartender flow. Oh, 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 oh! Yes, you did say that. But then wait, there was something. Uh, somebody else had a different analogy for it that I thought you guys should have just focused on. Slam dunk. This, yeah, the dunk contest. Yeah, the dunk. Oh, yeah. Because, because uh, a normal game isn't all dunks. No. Maybe no. you'll see one. No. Maybe. Maybe. That's a great. Yeah, point. Maybe not. Yeah, that's a great but, point. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's so, not part of the game. Dunk is like one aspect of it. Right, it's, exactly. So and, scratching and so, is and one. So what I'm saying, there's passing, there's teamwork, there's what, like what, a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, so what I'm saying is like, yeah, of course, it's difficult to ask somebody to sit through a whole three-style, uh, you know, hours and hours and hours of three-style sets because it may just get a little much. But it's like, yeah, well, that's why it's in a special place. Right. It Like, you would not do that shit at a normal club night on no. a Saturday night when nobody knows what's going on. You wouldn't be like... Hey, it's Tiffany's birthday, and next up is right. you know. Um, <laughs> I think like like a like a minute, a minute of that, mm. like a like maybe the, a minute to two minutes of a three style routine, maybe like three times a night, three like in sections, like mm-hmm. every forty five minutes. Yeah, I think it's great. It's perfect. Yeah, enough yeah. to impress motherfuckers. You know yeah, what I mean? Just to show the DJs like you, you know, you show your dick off a little bit, yeah. and then you just go back into the party. He goes with the dick shit really quick, and I don't know why. But it's, it's, just just, dick. It's, it's like jerking <laughs> off. It's like I'm like, look, look how good I am at jerking off. Look at my dick. <laughs> look how big. Uh, uh, I never even said how big it is. I'm just saying. Last, look, yeah, look at no, my shit. Last look, week you said, look how big it is. And I didn't say how big. I said, look how shiny my dick 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just saying that. Take jokes I'm saying, I guess, saying. I guess going back to the, what what three style is though. There's so many different approaches to it. Yeah. That I it, it's tough for me to stand behind one opinion about it because I've seen people who go at it and. Their approach is I'm going to be like mad technical the whole time. Or there's some people who are like, I'm going to be mad vibey the whole time. And so I can't call it 100%. My approach to three style, what has worked for me is treat it like a club and just treat it like all of your club highlights jammed into one little set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a bunch of holy shit moments, but condensed. But then you, there's but then, yeah, but then there's like a bullet, po- bullet point list of like eh, you, you need to show off your scratching here. And you need to show off this here. Not necessarily, though. No, that's no, because we're trying to change the pers- the perspective of it. Because one thing is, people think that they have to go through some imaginary checklist. This is a winning three style set. Bullshit. What we want to see is somebody that makes us remember them and think, "Holy shit, that was special." Okay. You know. So I want to see somebody that like makes me cry during a DJ set. There you go. That's a cheat card, ladies you know and gentlemen. Saying? No, well, but <laughs> but I mean, like like we saw a kid koala play in Toronto one time at a three style, and he like. Did a, a, a routine with Moon River and like dedicated it to his mom, and everybody looked around. And it was all these grown men just crying, like this is so beautiful, you know, like in a club. And that was like a special moment, like that was dope. And so with three style, I just want to see people with new ideas. There, please don't do a three style set that you think sounds like a winning one from the past. That shit's played. I think that was the problem with the yeah. DMC, right? And it's this, exactly. And for me, the uh, the only downfall of this stuff is you get a lot of dudes thinking that they need to look at the previous year to find out what th- what the rules of success are. There are no rules, and don't look at whoever's been in it before because all that's going to do is hurt you, mm. you know? Because don't be like that. Like Another jam, guys, another so jam. Do, do yeah. like, these three-style guys and DMC guys, how do, mm. they, how do they view club DJs? Like, yeah, how do they look at us? Like, how, yeah, how do they, like... <laughs> Let us know. They think that, like... All, all they I do is rock parties. They my, don't opinion, know to... my, my opinion is that any good three-style DJ should also be a... Should, by the definition of three style, also be a good club DJ. Mm. A club DJ because is the a point, prostitute, though. The point of yeah, well, we're the hosts. We're hosts. N- we're definitely mm-hmm. hosts. We're but hosts. you're forgetting that we're strippers. But you're also literally strippers. Also flexible. Pause. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, we're but there's flexible hosts. <laughs> to me, to me, that to me, to me, like in order to be a successful <laughs> club DJ, you gotta you gotta be flexible. You gotta be on the. Fl- you gotta be able to be spontaneous on the fly, understanding of music, understanding of the what way. What do you that, think a hoe is? A hoe is flexible. They yeah, can, but they can, they you can, understand what they like. They can fuck everything. a fat dude. They can fuck a skinny dude. They can fuck a we black must dude. Know how you like they it. make yeah. every fucking kind of dude feel special. We see we, the we guy. See, that, listen, we see crowd reaction. The road podcast standing on the side of the road. That's what a club dj Hitch is hiking. we are the hoe we're the hoe that like has that one client that's like hey just fucking like poke my balls with these like needles yeah and we'll do that because <laughs> we're a club dj yeah yeah we're club DJs. We'll, we'll you know we'll poke holes in your you know in your, in your balls <laughs> because we're club djs <laughs> it's all dick balls related in here man we're prostitutes there's nothing else to say that because we're not those dudes that are like we're not house the djs right by yeah. any yeah. by yeah. any means necessary to keep the vibe yeah yeah anything Right, so, <laughs> so, so to me, which is the equivalent of we'll do uh-huh. anything to make him nut, right? Which is a prostitute <laughs> shit, right? We're trying to make the crowd nut. Yeah, because right? you're kind of you're kind of on both sides. You're kind of club <laughs> party rocking, but I, f- I feel more comfortable in the club yeah, than okay. I do. You heard I do that? Like a DMC? Are you sensitive? I would fucks? not get on a DMC. I wouldn't. I would fail miserably at DMCs. Why? Is it like because I'm just I just, well like I don't practice. I don't That's juggle true. or scratch that well. You know I. 
conceptual stuff and like creativity is my strong suit and that to me works really well in a club environment because you don't have they don't want you to be super technical mm. they don't like it if you're super technical a lot of the times not all the time but sometimes they will be more willing to accept a smart idea or like a oh that took me by surprise but was dope than damn did you hear that triple click flare that was cool yeah. <laughs> like it just doesn't i don't know this is really good advice yeah. for anyone yeah. who's gonna do the three style by the way well so. because you told us that a lot of some people hit you up and like you're gonna let them talk talk about us like oh that. yeah well yeah no i get it like the people who ride for like the real dj hashtag or whatever i just i feel like there's a misconception it's just like usually anybody that catches feelings about something to me aren't really even involved I don't know if that's true or not, but it just feels like a lot of the times when I see people talking shit online about anything, whether it's like EDM or whether it's uh, club DJing or whether it's like, I don't know. I don't know how specific I need to get about this, but I feel like a lot of times if you're talking shit, when I go and I look at like, who is this person? It's like, oh, well, they're not doing anything. Like, do something and have something to offer before you just try to shade other stuff. So... To say that you're, uh, that actually sounds backwards. I'm, I'm getting off yeah, track. Yeah, because we're, but, we're no, trash but, shit over but, here. But, so, okay, so <laughs> there you go. But what, I'm, but what I'm saying is you're, you guys are in the clubs. Yeah. And so, so that is where I'm saying, like, if you catch feelings by somebody who is in the industry, who is actively keeping, holding the walls up, like keeping this thing alive, yeah. you know, you're allowed to have an opinion, I feel like, if you're actually involved. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't, and everyone doesn't have to have the same opinion. And it. You know, we don't have to have one unified voice, but we just have to respect that, you know, not everybody does want to see this or that or the other. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different things that make DJing special and there's no yeah. one right answer. And so if you say, if you're trying to wave the real DJ flag, well, there's a lot of other things that contradict real DJing that will keep, that probably are what keep the DJ industry afloat. Yeah. You know? I, res yeah. I respect the DJ like, uh, you know, like when when there's like a crew of DJs, like uh, DJ homies in the booth, I respect the DJ that plays for the crowd mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then doesn't give a fuck about the guys behind them, judging them. Mm -hmm. Because more likely, you're going to teach those guys behind you a lot more by sticking to your guns and, and focusing on the crowd mm -hmm. yeah. than trying to please like this DJ behind you who you're mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, let me play. Let me M scratch. Let me play M.O.P. Annie up for him or yeah. let me do a scratch routine for him because we're just going to be like, yo, like, why are you doing that? I play for the ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. Just so the answer. Know. The answer. Yeah, I mean, if I think any any good DJ who who is worth their weight is uh, knows when it's appropriate to. Yeah. And and believe me, I'm, I, I am at fault for picking the wrong times to do stuff, usually alcohol-related. But... <laughs> What's but, your drink of choice, by the way? Just uh, fucking uh, <laughs> coconut water. <laughs> um, I don't even know anymore. It's all just poison. Put it in my body. <laughs> so like, wait, fuck it. going back to the, th the three style. When you're when you're invited to something like that, mm -hmm. are you kind of hosting as well? Like, what do you you know? Uh, well, now you're like a liaison. Wait, my, like, my, can my you not compete no more or what? Because you won't. I, no I don't think they. It kind of reminds me of you remember the Hunger Games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're a yeah. tribute. You you volunteer as tribute. Or no, whatever. but the guy who was like training them. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he's yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. that actually won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who won it like right, a couple right. years? You're, what was his name? Fucking what's that yeah, actor? Yeah, yeah. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. You're Woody Harrelson when you go to three. And not just because you're white. Usually that high. Yeah. No, usually. My involvement's been a little bit different this year, so uh -huh. we got invited out. I didn't have to judge any of the world finals, but we helped select the wild card. All the world 
previous world champs helped help select wild card mm-hmm. for the final finals, and then they had like uh, Jazzy Jeff, Craze, uh, New Mark, Scratch Bastard, Nina Las Vegas. Uh oh, am I forgetting anybody? I think that I think that's it. Judging, Sorry, judging, judging. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's cool. Like we'll just go out there and we'll do like a showcase set or whatever. This year I did a solo one, and then Craze and I did something together. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. I always joke. Ar- I used to joke around more about like, oh man, I should just get back in it just to like shit on all you motherfuckers. Just to just to like <laughs> flex. But then it's just like, no, everything. It, you know, times are different. I don't want to get in that mind state ever again. But at the same time, like people should get in there just to fuck around and see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. if you're interested in it, you should join just to do it. There's no. I think gone are the days where people should be scared of losing and looking like they took an L because. Three style itself, I think, has moved beyond that. You know, I used to know, especially a lot of guys in LA I'd talk to, be like, oh, I don't want to get in there because, like, if I lose, it'll look bad for my brand. It's like, pfft, whatever. Like, go in there and just, like, fuck shit up. And if it doesn't work out for you, that doesn't matter. I mean, ultimately, yeah. three styles, three styles not going to, like, change who you are. It's just, gonna, it's just another thing to go in and, you know, yeah. try to adapt to. That's uh, crazy. You got any questions? Yeah. How did you feel? Because I was just thinking about mm. DMC. Um, remember that show, Master of the Mix? Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? Like I didn't watching watch it. that, you I didn't watch it at all. No, that's the one on. I it was on. It was on BET for a season. And it was on VH1. JCO yeah. got mad that I didn't watch it one time. Yeah, because he like, was I, one of the winners. Like, I think I came to your shows, but you didn't watch my TV show. Like, <laughs> I was Sorry, just curious man. how someone like you like. <laughs> did he be say that? Yeah. At, Jesus at dinner, he likes to throw a lot of shit around. So that's just what <laughs> it is. I don't think he. I, I hope he's not really upset, but whatever. It was like America's next best dance crew, but DJing. Yeah. yeah. It was just, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing as the flavor battle for me. It's just like yeah. the McDonald's thing. It's just like, whatever. I whatever whatever gets you. I heard of that. Yeah, it, it came out. McDonald's, I think, like, yeah. They had, a, they had a DJ battle. Oh, they did. And and then yeah. they'd make you DJ in a big, giant Big Mac box. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Dude, that's fucking low. That's a, that's the biggest L. <laughs> Ever. That's like the Mary that's J. Bl- that's a Mary J. Blige Dude, That's the biggest L. Yeah, that was like Mary J. Blige yeah. singing. What was she singing? Chicken sandwich oh. for KFC? Crispy, yeah. crispy chicken. Oh, my God. Crispy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah, and just going back, like, how did your name? I, I yeah. Don't know what I earlier. For, uh, the Four Color Pen. Because uh, I used to draw with the Four Color Pen. Ah, okay. So, all, like, when we'd present stuff to clients, half the time it'd be drawn because it'd just be like, I'm not going to waste time on fucking photoshopping all this shit out i'm just gonna draw it for you you know so i'd always have the pen with me uh-huh. and then that was our first uh when we opened the design studio it was fc kids four color kids because mm-hmm. we'd always use the pens and then at that point i wasn't even like i got roped back into djing at that point i'd kind of like gotten away right there and then mm-hmm. that's when they was like fuck now i gotta do five nights a week so i needed to come up with a name or whatever so i was like okay four color zach it goes back to Four color kids, and then everybody who works with us will be four color so and so. Four color Kalani. Damn, he was like the four first ASAP mob. Yeah, yeah. But that was it. Like that's exactly the idea. Damn. Was it all goes back to the agency, like the, uh, to the studio? Like Shit. the mixtapes would all be for the studio. The art shows would be for the studio. Anything we sold, studio. <laughs> was like like it wasn't about us. ASAP mob. But, so, wow. so if you're, so if you're, the, <laughs> yeah. if you're the ASAP Rocky of four color kids. Who's the Ferg? Where's yeah. uh, is uh, Ferg ama- emerging? Four, four Color Kalani. He's in New York. He works for actually. Who's he? Work? He actually has a, a kids brand now. Really? Call, I'll pull it up. I can never remember that. This is really. Wait, his name's Four Color Kalani. 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 I mean, his name's Kalani. He's from Hawaii. 
Damn. Damn. I want to be like cool. you the ASAP Twelvey, but four four colors, four color Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Can I get jumped in, bro? I used to live in the hood. It's a major L for the crew, man. <laughs> like, yeah, he weighs down. We can't. We have to get the ASAP name from you. How, yeah, how was the vibe with the three style? Like, with the competitors um, was it nasty? No, uh, no. I, Are they shit talking? Like, no, I feel like I feel like, like we're past all that now. I think yeah. everybody's. I want to hear some dirt. I want to hear some motherfuckers dirt. doing like fucked up shit, like fucking someone's needles up. I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, there's been shit. questions about really? that. Really? Sure. Whoa! Yeah. Really? In previous years, I remember hearing somebody go like, "Why is there a drink in the fader right after this dude was up there?" Like, hmm, that's. Like, what weird. do you mean a drink in the that fader? That like, sounds like, like a Scooby Doo. Poured some like drink oh. in the fader, like right, right wow. after his set. I was like, miraculously, somehow there was a drink spilled in the fader after his set when he yeah, walked off. Yeah, where all like, those fucking cameras on, they can catch this motherfucker. Well, there didn't used to be cameras. Uh, this I mean, my, like- my world final set that only exists because somebody was standing in the mezzanine with their phone. There was no cameras back then, you know? Dude, and so there was other like a Scooby Doo mystery. Like, yeah, there's been like drink. there's been all sorts of stuff. Like, oh, the tone arms fucked up. Why did it work for you but not for me? You know, weird stuff mm. like that. Um, like I think I would do some some a little something like that. Like, I threw dildos at all the dudes I battled back in the day. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Until they told me to stop. This is coming back into. They're, they were like, "Congratulations on winning. Please do not throw another one." What do you mean? While you were spinning, you throw it at? Yeah, them? I, like had like a, a thing that I'd like I'd like diss people and be like. To find him and just Fah! like Miles Medina, like uh, I, 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 Miles Medina. So we played at Ruby Sky for that one yeah. in San Francisco, and uh, hometown too. You both, brother. Well, <laughs> and I was the only non-San Francisco guy. Yeah. So wait, I had wait, to come. Can you I'm because I'm thinking of like a heavy ass, yeah, like plastic. rubber, yeah, like, like the ones that get stuck to the wall. I mean, no, the ones that like that that feel like, like five a pounds? fucking yeah, yeah, they're like kind of heavy. You can hey, hug those things. Hey, yo. So, uh, just, <laughs> yo, son, if so, someone, yo, if <laughs> someone threw a dildo at me, we'd be fighting, B. Until you, I would run up to I, the And booth. I found it, too. Like, as, like, I was starting the routine. I was looking around. Like, I spotted <laughs> it. I saw where he was up in the mezzanine, and I was just like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Fucking like, predator. Yeah. Wow. Would you hit him, like, on the chest or something? On that face? Just, I just throw it in. I'd, I'd point him out, make sure everybody looks, and then I'd huck it at him. It doesn't matter. But it didn't hit him, right? I no, I hope not. <laughs> the crowd go crazy. That would hurt. That's yeah. crazy. Like the fucking headlight yeah. just goes into him. Yo, we be fighting. Oh, yeah. That shit hit me. There was, yeah. I'm throwing a drink oh, man, right but back, my, bro. My world final set was, uh, like this was back when people still kind of like thought their stuff through. Uh, in world finals, I was going up against this guy, Shub, from Canada. And he was a DMC dude. And he was really nasty with everything like that. He was really good at disses and really good at juggles and everything. He came from like that blood sport background. Yeah. And I knew he was going to go at me. There was no question. No question. And I mean, duh, of course he is. So um, so I went up in the mezzanine and hung out with his parents. Oh, because wow. I, I was like, he's going to call me out. He won't. He'll, he'll think I'm over here with my crew. But I went over and hung out with his mom and dad. That's pretty and low, like, bro. It's kind of dope too. Hey, and I and I was like, and I was super nice to him. I was just like, man, your son's so dope. He's so great. We're good friends. Everything's great. And then he he tried to call me out, but he couldn't find me. And then he then like it kind of fucked his routine up a little bit. And I was just like, ooh, well, I guess I'm up next. I'll see you guys later. Nice meeting you. And then I knew exactly where he was gonna be. And mine was like, it was low. It was some low blows. What did you do? It was it was a lot of weight jokes. Oh, and uh but afterwards after i won his dad came up and was like you guys are some bad motherfuckers i'm gonna buy you a drink <laughs> so like we all hung out like it was all fam after that damn that's just in the spirit but, of competition yeah of course but but 
and his mom was like, I knew he was going to say something about you. He <laughs> always does. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, that, that was how. That's also like hit him up shit. Yeah, but, but that shit, I don't feel like it really happens that much anymore. Now it's all just like the basic folk. Because these, these, these new these new kids know? are like, they're kind of sensitive, right? They're afraid to do that shit. You're uh, chucking no. dildos, bro. No, I just don't think that. I just don't think that. Like, that's crazy I that think you were throwing fucking dildos at people, yo. <laughs> and I and I had to travel with those things, so I always had to go through TSA. <laughs> with them. They probably thought you were a freak. And man, <laughs> and every time I swear, you didn't I get think of stopped. buying them at the st- at the like. That no, I didn't thing? think about well because it's like it was in my head. It was easier just to be like, oh, let's let go me to take the shop seven. Dildos there's no, me. there's no video of that, right? Um, that's cool. I don't know. If you have any video of four colors like chucking some fucking dildos at people, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't look proud of it. He like looks down. No, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, that I, was six years ago. In hindsight, I wouldn't have done it. You I, know? I like what but. he's talking about. He's like, yeah, with the two cent legacy, you know, we definitely wanted to. I wanted to leave something behind. So then I was chucking dildos. These dildos. <laughs> you should have left that behind. Shit. Yeah, man, it was. It was a different era. It was a, I had a different mindset. I mean, but. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I just want one picture of him like this. I, I've got one where. Uh, oh, he gets that's got to be the cover of the mixtape. That's just got to be the cover of this episode. Is him yeah. chucking that dildo at somebody? <laughs> Holy fuck! Yeah, wow. That's crazy. Anything else he did? Shit. Uh, there had to be some beef between some people, right? Does anybody like try to come up to you like yo overly arrogant? You were talking wild yeah, spice. Yeah, I, I I never understand that shit, especially in three styles. Like the arrogant guys, like I, I mean, it was fucked up. Is like you you'll see it, and it's kind of messed up too when it becomes a reoccurring thing from certain countries or whatever. Like, oh, the guy from that, oh, another, he's arrogant again. What's up with this? Like, what are they telling him to be like out there? Like, I don't know, super weird. Um, it just I just don't see it a, a place for arrogance in in three style. You know, because the whole thing's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be creating this vibe, and even if you do talk shit, it's supposed to end up being funny or like, right, like jokey. You know, yeah. like anything that I ever did in there was supposed to make you laugh. That was it. Like it was all supposed to, like any, any like disses or creative shit. It was all supposed to be fun in the in the name of laughter. Yeah. So you come in there and you try to be like I'm the shit. It's just like at what? Like why? At, you're not you're not the shit at being a cool person, and that's like what they're looking for now. Because we all get together, it's like DJ camp, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you got somebody who's not taking part of being, like, a nice person, there just isn't really a place for them. That Super Bowl mm-hmm. looked fun. Mm. That part when y'all were all watching the Super Bowl together. Y'all were Jazzy I Jeff. Was, I didn't get out there. That I was on a plane while that was happening. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah, we saw our homie Styles chilling next to Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Like, why is this motherfucker having Texas back? <laughs> Big night for Jeff, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That shit was nuts. Um, anything else we want to touch on? Pause. Uh, <laughs> shit. You want, we, Captain? we can talk about Pioneer and other. Oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh, the phase is pretty dope. I noticed that. Whatever. Oh, yeah, that is, yeah. Phase. Did you get the? You got to fuck with some of the new mm-hmm. technology out there, mm-hmm. right? I got to fu- uh, fuck with phase that like needleless. Yo, thing. yeah, the one oh. he the fucking you... crazy was thrown up in the sky mm-hmm. and hitting yeah. the fucking fader, which is nuts. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one. That one's gonna be good. Wait, there was two different versions though, right? No, the, it was the same version, but I think the one they had was like a white strip, and then the one we we had seen uh, previously no, it's just like was black. the little black one. It's like a yeah, magnet yeah. or something that it goes. It looks like a it looks like a Bluetooth ear set that you pull off and stick on your record, almost kind of thing, you know. And what is it? Does it stick to the record? I think you tape it down. You I tape asked it down. Too. Yeah, when it's is got that this little, it's got this little box. It's like that big, and then they clip in, and that charges them. So like 
it's always charging. So uh -huh. then when you pull them back off, they're fully charged. You stick them on your records, and then that Wi-Fi connects and then talks to your Did computer. Did they tell you how long the battery life was? No, we didn't talk about that. But <laughs> I think that was the biggest worry yeah. for some people. Yeah, I don't think it – I can't imagine it's going to be that big of an issue. That's a conscious thing, you know. These guys got to do multiple-hour sets. Yeah. If you don't have something that lasts that long, what's the point of making it? But honestly, man, I wouldn't even mind bringing, like, six of them with me and just right. changing them out every two hours. Right. That wouldn't bother me out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was – Damn, it was impressive. Crazy. It was, as long as it's an accurate way for the the face, the the whatever the fuck that thing is, the, the black thing, for the black thing to just like alert you that it's low mm -hmm. battery, yeah. Yeah. that you can change it. I don't think there's a problem. Did they tell you when they're gonna release them or anything like that? Nah, I showed up late to the little thing, and then uh, when I walked in, there was only a couple people left. So I was just like, oh yeah, let me see. Yep, it's as advertised. It was good. Oh. It was pretty accurate. Solid. Nice. Solid. Like, would you would you change into that or no? I would buy it absolutely yeah. and have it on me all the time absolutely. Damn, wow, dude! Like, it's I'm, only gonna be like two or three hundred bucks. Like, yeah, but vinyl also like destroys the earth, bro. Like, yeah, I, we don't need to make more vinyl. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. Let alone make more needles. Oh yeah, that's a sure killer right there. Yeah, like, game over it's for Ortofon or sure. Yeah, yeah, that's and nice. it's a it's a game over for those twelves too. The whatever the uh, rain things. I, I don't have the you boat seen on those? that one. Um, <laughs> I've seen him, uh, not in person. Craze went and used him. What did he say? To he he uh, said they were good. He said that they're they're cool. They have a lot of good features. Um, what is this? The the rain it, turntable. It's like a it's like a it's basically like a turntable with no needle. Like the record. It yeah. looks like a big CDJ. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's a vinyl one. That's the second. That's the, the, the other yeah, the alternative other to yeah. the phase yeah. that I was talking about. Yeah. But it's yeah. an actual machine. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I mean, what's easier to use? The clubs aren't going to buy those things. Hell no. So it's easier for DJs to buy phase and walk in. And also phase, from what I understand, is more accurate. And it's just, I mean, come on. You can put it in your backpack. You right. Know? And then. Um, God, that sucks. Yeah. For rain. Well, and I like the fader. I like rain mixers. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Whoa, whoa. They tried. I showed up in L.A. or was it L.A.? Yeah, in L.A. and they mistakenly put a sixty-two up there. Cause you had a sixty-two for a long time. Yeah, gave it away. And Damn, then that hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah. Rain mixers up. They've they been sound, awful for a while. They sound like shit. Too. You guys like Pioneer more? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna tell you when rain was good. Rain was good when they were actually 57? making those big. No, 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 no. That was crap. They were all crap. They no, were, I like 57. No, I'm 56. talking about Rain when Rain was making club mixes like with the like the knobs mixers? and rotary. That that was mm -hmm. the best quality sound you ever heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, when the when the when the whatever 50, what was the first one? 52. 56? Was it 52? The first one? The no, 54. the thing. I mean, all of those they were changing the game because Vestax had gone away, and the only the only game in town, like even Pioneer stopped doing the what was it 909 or whatever mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. When they went sort of stopped doing those, and Rain was like they were fulfilling the need, you the know, void. like that was. That needed, but it to wasn't like it was a good product. It no, was but just it was, there. Well, it was it was good because there was no alternative. It was exactly. like this is great, yeah. you know. And then as things started developing, as other things came out, you realize, well, shit, maybe I was turning a blind eye to how bad this sounds and how how this fader feels. And or then like, when that Pioneer came out, it was just it was just chinking eight hundred shit. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean eight hundred, nine hundred, Nexus two, whatever. All that stuff that started yeah. coming out I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then they came out with the S nine, and to me, that was just it. Like, yep. That's they nine. did the, they get the the new rain is what the f I forget which seventy two. Mm. That shit looks like a lot of shit combined. Yeah, well, they also only have pre 
fader effects on that right now. Mm. How, when have you, as a DJ, ever used a pre-fader effect where you're, where you hit echo on a record and you cut the fader off and the echo stops? Like yeah, that no. you've got to be. I need who, to keep going. Who sat in that room and thought that was a good idea? Mm. Like they blew it on that. Someone helped us design that shit. No, not really. Because no, no <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to name names or whatever. But what the way that they do their products, they pr- they don't really ask for opinions that much. They're very like inclusive. So they work within their group of tech people. I've worked with them before, like long, long time ago, but no time recently. And it was a whole different crew before they got bought out. But they're very like, we're building this product. They're like tech guys. This technically is really efficient. And then they bring it out to people who would actually use it. And then everyone starts talking. To this day, I only think like, I thought Vestax mixers were crap. I thought they were shit. The only mixer that I thought was amazing was the Technique one. Mm. Mm. Wow. And then after that, I think there was... I didn't have another mixer that was just as good till the Pioneer came out. Yeah. That Technique mixer was, that fader was butter. Mm. That was the best fader to this day. So you guys all use like the what, eight and 900s and everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah at the closing. That's the standard. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes the most sense. Yeah. And ra- like, radio has a, yeah. a S9, which mm. I love the, the heaviness of the fader on yeah. the S9. Yeah, and you can adjust it. Y'all too, trying yeah. to make me jump ship, man. Well, <laughs> here's, a, here's the other thing too is, and I have a lot of conversations about this, is for a while, I was like, screw it. I'm going to force myself to learn the Pioneer 8, 900, whatever. Yeah. Because that's what's going to be in the club. When I get there, I don't have to m- change anything. I don't have to special request anything. Mm-hmm. I'm playing on what everybody else is playing on. And that, that's why I actually wanted to switch to CDJs for a minute because I thought, depending on the situation I'm in, if I'm going up against, you know, DJ Dubstep, I want to play on the exact same setup as them so that they see what's possible. And so there's no question of like, oh, well, he had special equipment. Mm. Like, no, no, no. I just want to... Even playing field, you know, just let me get up there real quick and I'll do my thing, you do your thing, and we'll just see how it all pans out. But then the reality is, if I'm on that 800 or 900, I got to bring some little launch paddy thing, and it just, then it just looks all silly. I just don't want something in front of me. I just want the mixer, so S9. What uh, MIDI player you used to use? Uh, MIDI controller, sorry. The MPD, that like Akai-looking thing, the yeah. Akai yeah. thing, and then, but that was so heavy, and then the SP1 came out for Pioneer, and that was just like little. Mm. So, so I do the, that. So you, you see my laptop. I see. Yes, I do. Jack the fuck up. The keys all fucked up. It's impressive how destroyed your laptop keys are. <laughs> you <laughs> see you. the one? The one is gone, bro. The e- you. Have it's you broken seen? in half. Yeah. Have, have you ever go see uh, Crooked and you have the chance to this? get close to his laptop? This? Look at that fucking laptop. He's, I feel like you guys are looking at a rash in my ass crack or something. Nah, like, look how fucked nah. up that rash is. <laughs> nah, bro. That's just you see that fuck. one that's bleeding? That I, one, I like seen, the blood I is seen, rolling down the crack of his I ass? I've seen Cricket uh, DJ for a long time. And every time he's, I, he slams on that one, I'm just like, God damn, poor fucking button. Well, I'm, not, I'm not coordinated. That's it, why I have to put more force on it. It seems to be working for you. Five was saying that you're, you're his favorite club DJ. I was just talking to him mm. on whatever day that was thursday all right well thank you five yeah shout out to five shout out to five. Five. Oh, one thing i want to talk to you about mm. uh how much thought you go you get into the whole tone play shit because you're pretty mean at that shit <sighs> and if you do it anymore at all um it's uh, i wish that i didn't but uh sometimes i'll just think of one and be like well i'll do that you know <laughs> it's like it's like uh it was fun to figure out in the first place and mm-hmm. to like kind of help present or whatever and then 
it's just, you know, people see it as like, oh, so I got to do that to win three style? Okay, I'll do it too. And then typically people are terrible at it. Yeah. And it sounds awful and it ruins the vibe. And it's just like, that's gross. So for the people who do it really well, great. Keep it up. For the people that don't, let's just let it die. Mm. And, uh, yeah, because when we had Stone and Graham, you told them, well, you guys kind of invented it or whatever. Mm, I mean, there's a lot, there's been people doing it since like the late 80s, you know? Yeah. Or not, well, maybe that's like eight ball whatever was that late 80s or that early 90s in dmc's and he would do that shit with like a, mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of different ways it's been yeah. around but like with stone and graham they were doing stuff where it was it was like the conceptual style of it where they would just like fuck shit up and it would be yeah it's like the early idea of it you know it was yeah. just the smarts and it kept the vibe going and to me like if people could do it even as well as they did it back then then cool but you know, when you start bringing out like a full-on keyboard or something, and you're just like, you know, it's just <laughs> oh, the the machine fucking thing, yeah. all the buttons. I mean, and believe me, I get that it's that it takes talent and everything. It takes a lot of time and effort, but maybe I'm just kind of burned on it. Yeah. So personally, like, I'll do it every once in a while, and I'll come up with a new one every so often. I feel like every couple months, I gotta do a new one just to show, like, because I like the ones you've done. You have yeah, a whole fu- like five-minute mm. video of just doing them all. And they're pretty fucking. Dope. I should I should put a real a real like that DJ City one that yeah, was yeah, so yeah. old and weird. I should put like a real. I just put them all to rest and never have to do them again. Just do them all in a row. Yeah. But um, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. enjoy those shows. It's kind of yeah. what Seinfeld did, right? Seinfeld put out like a Netflix special on all this old mm-hmm. yeah. shit yeah. because he still wants it kind of like categorized like yeah. out there. You know what I mean? It's just tough because it's it, you rarely see it done to a point where. Somebody who's seen it a lot enjoys it. They're just yeah. kind of like, here mm. it comes. Uh-huh. Yep, I get it. But if it's done right, you're like, oh, shit. Crazy. Good job. But I don't know. I'd take a step back. I'm, I, I, I bounce back and forth between being optimistic and cynical about every five or six seconds. So, you know, it's like on one hand, I'm just like, yeah, if you like it, push forward, keep doing it. And then the next second I'm, when I'm coming down off coffee, I'm just like, ah, just, I don't even want to hear music anymore. <laughs> so you got to kind of like catch me on my roller coaster and I'm full of contradictions. Wait, not to go back about my broken keyboard laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to buy a new one. You should one. do a whole podcast on that because I, I don't know how you do it. It's, uh, that's just nuts. Do you have, do you put on like press on nails before you go out to like. <laughs> no, he slams, bro. He's do, do, do you do. remember the old Gemini samplers, mm-hmm. the 12 second samplers mm-hmm. with the big circle yeah. dish? I used to make beats off of that. Mm. And the only way you could really get it on is hitting it really aggressively hard. Pause. Pause. <laughs> yeah. Get it on. Get it on. Talk uh, that hit shit. It really aggressively <laughs> hard. Yeah, exactly. Because it was such a big button. Hey, yo. <laughs> so that's kind of the same thing I did here. So I just hit these right. really, really hard. And then they end up cracking. But I, for, I, I think Rockcon told me about that a long time ago. He did? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, w- I wanted to ask, what's a good, you know, whatever those fucking gay sequences? Because he want he wanted are. to do dicers. No, I don't want to do dicers. I feel like a fucking. I feel like the biggest. You said what the PS one? SP one. SP one. You know what would be dope? Minor. I think PS one is, is a DJ. He's a good DJ. <laughs> I, it would be dope if uh, to take an SP one and like put it off to the side. To me, that would be like the flex of like nothing's in front of you, because uh, I don't know. I just don't like having a laptop in front for some reason. It just bothers, like, or even a midi pad. It's just something in front of me just bugs me a little bit. So if, like, to me, the flex would be, like, having it just right there, like, crooked off to the side of no the turntable. <laughs> and that way you, or whatever your dominant hand is, and that way you could just, you know, is right there. I need something in, like, front of me. 
I'm not coordinated like that. Or yeah, well, so get the S9, S9 the S9, carry around. No, 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 no. no, no. What no, no, was the that SP, shit? SP1. The SP1. It's great because then all you do is you just one USB in and you just boom, right there. Okay. And get a new laptop too, right? I think too, because that shit is fucked. <sighs> Still burning. One day. The thing is, it's a brand new laptop. It's a new new age one, but it's fucking slammed on that keyboard. No, nah, I don't want to get the new one because I'm afraid that the new mm-hmm. laptops aren't. Uh, they Durable. can't. No, no, no. They can't use the Serato scratch line. Scratch, they got, scratch it line, it yeah. works with everything now. I yeah, just they, talked to them about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And oh yeah, because he had a meltdown <sighs> that we talked about on on the text. Oof. Yeah, I had a bad uh, couple days leading up to before the dream tour. It was like my whole library just froze and shut down. Serato wouldn't even read any of it. Was like, it Scratch Live or Serato DJ? Serato DJ. I don't even know if I still have Scratch Live. So you l- use Serato DJ. You don't use Scratch Live? Never. Am I an idiot that I still use Scratch Live? He uses Scratch Live. Well, you, you use an SP9, so you, you don't have any choice, right? Because it's not compatible with Scratch Live anyway. I don't think that it is. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm still on Scratch Live. Yeah, I mean, if it works for you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? My only thing. Remember that little bar on the top. The, the one with the lines connect and you can see what BPM is like connecting or whatever that one line on top of Scratch Life mm. I think you can do that in the view okay right? I didn't know yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the only reason why I wouldn't jump to Serato uh, no you can change the view yeah Things, they change yeah. somebody uh, I was DJing with another DJ I won't say his name but we were I was DJing like after him or before him and he was like yeah hey, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and he's like can you play a couple songs and I was like yeah already was, already horrified and DJing on, on somebody else's on laptop, like wearing somebody else's socks. It's actually fun. Scary. Have you ever done it? <laughs> yeah, it's scary for me. Cause it's super fun. <laughs> Why is it fun and why is it scary? Oh, but it's dope. It's because you get to see like, you know, you're using someone's library. You, mm. It just change, It changes your frame of thinking because you'll automatically go to one song. They don't have it. Oh, they got a different version. <laughs> exactly. And then like, uh, let me Proving find something point. else. Yeah. But Q it's fun. Q points are different. Yeah, oh. Q points are different. Oof. So it's kind of fun and dangerous. I don't know how to explain. <laughs> You're like playing with the... It's like... Uh, Crook Russian is over here life. having an affair, a laptop affair. Yeah. yeah. Let me break the number one. <laughs> I remember when she, like, he comes back, what have you done? <laughs> we used to do that a lot, actually, back like in when I first moved to Vegas, like 2006, seven. Like if he showed up, I'd be like, yo, he mm. just get on. That's dope. And we, it would be like a... And that was dope to see like different dudes rock the crowd. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Five came through, if Rockticon was there, like, Rockticon would get on, yeah. and he'd play, like, f- six songs, and then Five would get on, and I, I would get on. And it was just, like, this kind of boys club. Does that does that not happen now because it just doesn't happen or because the club doesn't want you to? Uh, I don't know. Huh. I think that, it, that's I, cool. I think because yeah. it, it was dope. I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think the dynamic changed when AM passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was, like... It could be a couple of things. It was, a th- I think it was more of a like, a, there was more pressure on the line. Mm. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of money and on the line. I yeah. think it was more pressure and there was more money on the line. You're afraid you're not going to get that call back or something if something goes wrong. It goes wrong. It was a little bit more open, like in 2005, six, seven. It was a little bit more open, and then the music started shifting a little bit. But I mean, like, yo, it was like, yeah, I don't. You know what? That's a good question. I'm going to look into that because. That used to be like an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just that we got older and we were just like, nah, I don't want to DJ. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like when you're like, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. Do you think now people are hungry enough that they want every minute of their set, you mean? Like if I was 30 or 28 
and be like, yo, you want to get on? Yeah, fuck it. Let me get oh, on. Oh, 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 yeah. I'm not right. going to lie. When I'm with Darren and he's like, yeah, I'm going to the bathroom, I hope he takes a long time just so I can throw the next yeah. record on. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm already looking if for he, a song. If, he, if, same, he tur- if Darren thing, turned to me and said, can you play a couple songs? I'd be like, come on, man. Really? <laughs> no, and I'm like, I think yo. I might be the same way. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, Don't put I, that pressure on me. I'm trying to yeah, chill. Yeah, it's I'm, my I'm, night off. I'm older. Like, I'm going to want to do that shit. And I'm different. I'd be having like a song load up for him. I'm like, yo, play that next. He's like, not a bad definitely an age thing, I think. Probably also a lot to do with how faded you are too though yeah <laughs> fuck yeah let me get on <laughs> it's yeah. it's definitely different yeah no, but it's a good it's a good time um yeah, yeah. I, i'm actually curious about all that like i mean the air you guys i feel like you guys are in a in a the hotbed of what is acceptable for club djing down here mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. i don't think people quite get uh I think a lot of people don't understand the type of, like, the anxiety that people must go through coming into the market. Because I remember when I first came down here, it was just like, oh, I don't, I'm not prepared for this. I had no idea what was expected of me. And, like, the one, that's actually why I listen to the podcast is because I like when you guys talk about the dynamics of the inside perspective of the Vegas clubs. Because I think that people don't really quite get, they think it's all glamorous and everything. They think it's like you've made it once you get down here. They Mm -hmm. think that once you get in, you're fucking, you're set. I mean, Dude, I just like hearing the one thing. The there's a couple of rules out here. Mm-hmm. Number one, never announce a residency mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen. Like a new club, like never open a new club. Never be the DJ that's the resident and announce your new residency at a new club mm-hmm. because there could be all types of marketing pr- problems with a new club, mm-hmm. but they are not going to blame the marketing team. They are going to blame the DJ. Mm-hmm. So a mm-hmm. lot of motherfuckers would announce their residency at a new club, really good DJs, and they would lose their residency after two weeks. And, Just because the club's not And popular. that's an L. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a fucking significant L when you announce some shit. That's worse than a three-star like what you were saying. Right. Yeah. That's like, yo, you got, they fucking, you got the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the you hook. got pulled, yo. Pull. Yeah. So like... uh that's one thing you never do a new club if you start it out keep it low keep it like yo i'm over here Mm -hmm. you know it's not Mm -hmm. a residency i'm just i got a night there Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so because you never know what's going on there's so much politics there's so much ego Mm -hmm. there's so many people to please in vegas Mm -hmm. the high rollers the crowd the owners the whatever the promoters and then you just don't know what's what what what's going to work and what's not going to work Mm-hmm. But we used to, like, there used to be a couple DJs that used to open new clubs. And we just knew, like, after those DJs got shifted out, the next round, of, like, whatever was the next round of DJs, you knew whether that club was going to survive or not. Mm-hmm. Because if it was like, if you if you try to put Team A in there and the club didn't survive, and then you got, like, Team D in there, Oof. then it's a wrap. <laughs> it's kind of like, you're like, yo... How do you go from here and then go down to yeah, these yeah, motherfuckers that makes, and like that makes sense. it's a wrap? Mm-hmm. You know what that I mean? That makes sense. Same, it's the same thing as uh, that you'll see on the road. Like yeah. you'll see clubs bringing in certain type of talent, a certain rotation, and you'll get used to that level of rotation. And the second they're like, "Well, we kind of took a step back and we're booking a lot of like these guys or like mm-hmm. th- these younger guys who are locals will play for a lot less." And it's like that's cool. That's seeing cool. the funny pages. Yeah, like. Yeah, that's the worst. No, yeah. I mean <laughs> the politics of it. I'm definitely interested in. It's like it's. I've always wanted to have the hard line to the to all the dirt on all that. Uh, 
early on. I think it was it may have even been around the time I started doing Tao. Um, I had a guy who we all know uh, say to me, so when you want to, first of all, well, he said to me, if you want to make it in this business, and what he meant by this business was bottle service, mm-hmm. he, if you're going to make it in this business, you need to go out on your night off and go to every single club and go up to the tables and introduce yourself at the tables and say, I'm DJ so-and-so, and I just hope you have a good night and buy him a drink maybe and go to every club and meet the music director and introduce yourself. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> it's like if some motherfucker came up to me at a club when I'm trying to chill and they tried to like come out here with suit and tie on and introduce themselves, I'd be like, wrong, wrong fucking way to do it, man. And so, and I was, I remember like, it was also the way he delivered that little speech to me. It was just very much like, well, there's the difference right there. You know, yeah. I, I did not like that. Well, um, I, I would say like, and I get for a lot of people that that works. Yeah. A lot it's, of everyone's <coughs> got their own style. A lot of that's really hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. You know, like the one thing I was horrible at is having a bunch of people in the DJ booth and having conversations with them mm. and talk with them while I'm while DJing. doing stuff. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, like I'm not a, talented dj where i'm like coordinating i could scratch and i could do all of these things like i have to really really fucking focus on what's the next song how am i gonna play it and for i don't know i like i really give it up to these djs that can like instagram themselves right. talk with Videos. somebody oh, man. and do it and you know what like five is a really talented dj and he's like really good at juggling that marketing side mm-hmm. and he's also one of the coolest like cucumbers like a fucking manager can come up to him frantic and yelling and five would be like he's in that you know he's done towel for many years now mm-hmm. he's had many people come up to him yelling at him saying do this do that do this do that he's got a really funny Nicki minaj story uh that's fucking hilarious oh. that hopefully one day we'll have five on here and he'll tell it but i mean he's just really calm yeah. and that's and that's what honestly we've talked about this before that's when you're ready to be a Vegas DJ. Or mm-hmm. That's when you're going to get really tested is when you got to juggle all of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Special and, you know, skills. How do you not drink and, like, you know, how do you be sober when uh, can you the, imagine? the owner of the club comes and, like, let's do a shot. You're like, yeah, I don't, I don't drink. I never yeah. got it either. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, like, uh, you know, this guy just sent you, like, a bottle of champagne or, like, you know, this dude, this table is doing this. Or, you know, you got you to gotta really navigate through everything and shit. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. that's the real fucking that's the real the thing about doing the Vegas clubs yeah I think I'm, the only way that I've ever made it work is just by doing a lot of different stuff I love playing in Vegas clubs I love playing in different bottle service clubs and playing to like that style of room I also love going and doing showcase sets I love playing basement parties and weird but, stuff but you, you've established a name to a certain point where it, it grants you a, a certain amount of freedom and respect somehow I, yes. <laughs> I don't know how but somehow yes no, no, I did it's like, not somehow yeah. you've done it yeah yeah, yeah you've done like, a good I, job of it like I will say that we were talking about this earlier I think that's why I haven't had to go through the really deep muddy waters of what can happen in a Vegas club right like I get either there. I'm there because they appreciate my angle on things and so, I, I hope. <laughs> I, obvi- I, I'll tell you, I'm obviously not there because I'm bringing in, like, mad people. I, I'll, I'll have fans or whatever, but I'm not going to, like, sell out every table. I'm mm-hmm. not going to. But it'll be different, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think as long as they respect the angle. But I also think I'm that's an odd cool. angle 
that uh it's it's kind of like i was talking to my boy about it before i said wow these fucking nightclubs got lazy mm. because they're booking djs to bring fucking people they're trying to book acts that's a lot people. of that's how well, la is like you well, you got to be able to sell x amount of tickets mm. or you can't dj well it's more like yo we've got what are we going to do we're going to come up with clever marketing and have a good marketing strategy or we're going to we have an unlimited vegas bank account mm-hmm. and we're just going to we're going to throw money at these dudes that are going to attract people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of the difference that we we're talking about. Like, And that's why the backbone of any nightclub is actually the resident DJ. Oh, it's yeah, the DJ yeah, who's yeah. like keeping people there till 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't notice that shit. And they've got to notice it. You know what I mean? Someone's got to notice that shit. Mm-hmm. And it, for, for, for that, that's why you're getting booked, Zach. Because mm-hmm. in the end, you know... There, you are keeping people there and you're and creating a vibe mm-hmm. i'm sure that these clubs have run through a bunch of djs and there's you know if they're if they're landing on you there's got to be a fucking reason why Damn. not just for the fact of your name that you you've established but the job that you do because there's a lot of motherfuckers with a name that can't do the job they just want to dip low and they just had to settle for the cheaper <laughs> the cheaper blonde guy yeah <laughs> like yeah, from far like away him. they might squint yeah. <laughs> well first of all you're not as beautiful as Diplo I'll give you that much boy, that, you know, boy it must he must have a lot of time in his day to work out and shit I mean yeah <laughs> um, anything else anything we got to touch on pause we covered yeah we covered a bunch yeah. we covered a bunch you already yeah. talked about enough dicks for you to pause at this fucking rate <laughs> what are you talking about man <laughs> he jerking off throwing jer- dildos I'm not throwing dildos at the fucking crowd man <laughs> Traveling with those. I, I wish I could say it was a one-time thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder TSA just was like, yeah. Oh yeah. Who yeah, is this rough. prostitute? And and the funny thing too was my girl was with me traveling at that moment. Oh, and she was coming through security next, and they're looking at my bag, and I look over at her, and they look at me, and they look at her, and they're just like, <laughs> push the bag back across the table, like or whatever. Wow. That is hilarious. Imagine just seeing the bunch of like just dicks on the fucking screen. What colors were they? Oh man. The palest of the palest of pink. <laughs> I mean, would you have rather me just gone for like the deep chart, char- the deep dark chocolate one, or like <laughs> just different shades of the hell? I needed it to be able to like I, I needed it night. to be seen in a dark club. I'm trying to think what would piss me off more if the color of the of the dildo would piss me off that hit even me, more hit me in like, my oh. face. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even black. I think the pink. You can, you, can see, you can see the pink coming. What are you talking about? It's basically, will the white dick or the black dick hit in my face piss me off more? Did you think about any glow-in-the-dark situation here? You're like, yo. I wanted it to be a little bit gross, and I figured fleshy uh-huh. would be gross enough. You know, just They were a little red. wet, too. That would be it gross. Just <laughs> <laughs> poured yeah. Red Bull all over yeah. them before I hooked them. Advertising and shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yo, that's that's ins- that's one of the most insane things I've that's ever heard. That's really fucking stupid. vicious, bro. No, this is fucking sad. I was doing it, and I was doing it. Uh, oh shit, I'm trying to remember the routine. So it was a uh, oh fuck. There was a lead in. So there was a song that I would lead. I in I gotta with. know. Yeah, you gotta tell us the routine. The routine was, oh uh, fuck. What was the lead in song? It was something about. Do you want this? Do you want that? And I'd be referencing the dj that i'm talking about do you want this do you want that and then the black sheep no 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 no. and then i would then i would bring in it was probably some 70 bpm thing and then i would bring in. i'd like pause and then i bring in that old booty bass song how about some dick (laughs) how about some dick and then i drop halftime drop pony under it and then just how about some dick 
ride that, ride, ride my pony, and saying, hook a thing, and then <laughs> do a little Christ. thing out of it. <laughs> How was the crowd reaction? Crazy? Yeah, they liked it. A lot of jaw drop. I would have been yeah. like, well, because it was it, like the whole like uh, theatrics thing, sort of. You know, it was that was probably the only time I could have gotten away with it. If I would, if someone were to do it now, everyone would have been like, "Fuck this guy." But like back then, it was just. It was working because nobody was doing that anything theatrical. Mm-hmm. It, people were still a little bit confused by what the battle was in a lot of markets, you know, mm-hmm. and so they needed that little like low blow to kind of pause to uh, low blow. Plus, with all the cameras and everything, it's very PG thirteen right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. if you saw that, you'd just be like, "Dude, why'd whoa, you take it whoa, there?" Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> There's kids watching. Yeah. There's that little kid from uh, Australia. I think he's always at these things, Case Wiz, mm-hmm. and he's always at. But he's a kid, like twelve. And he's oh, pretty talented. Shit. I think he's like 14, 15, isn't he? I don't know how old he's. Right, but he's pretty. He's a young kid. Imagine just youth. four colors X just chucking dildos in front of him. Yo, shit. at him. <laughs> no, whoa, whoa. Crazy. <laughs> what if he, he hung that Swiss. shit up on his wall? Like, yo, four colors that gave me that shit. Threw that shit. Still have the bruise. Took a picture. No, that's too much. No, Casey is a nice talented kid. One last thing: if there was one DJ in a three style battle that didn't win or didn't get noticed, is there anyone we should check out? Or any ones, yeah. Oh, man. And don't feel offended if he doesn't mention your name. Uh, that you're like, yo, that motherfucker needs to be checked out. Um, damn. Let me think. Well, ooh, I. Th- damn, this one's tough. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the what had happened. So I'm trying to remember the politics of it all. Right. I think Scene should have won the year he was in because I thought he could have taken it way crazy far. I think he had. He was in the. He was in the perfect momentum. And I think it would have altered his career. Mm-hmm. He could have made that opportunity work way better for him and brought it to a bigger platform mm-hmm. had he one. taken the W on that. To one. this day, to this day, I think Scene is one of the best nightclub scratches I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Where it's not, it's very aggressive. It is aggressive and like it's fucking sharp. It's like it's like you feel the yeah. energy and the weight. Like I hate lazy scratches like rubber, 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 rubber. Like even transformed like crabbing yeah. shit. His like fuck. Yeah. It's just like oh, I'm like I like it. I, machine like, gun. I get yeah. stunned a little bit. I'm like, yo, yeah, man. Yeah, it's hard to follow. When we were on tour together, it was like, whoa, shit. <laughs> like, it's not a lazy scratch. No, sure. there's nothing lazy about his sets. <coughs> yeah, like he, it's, yeah, and it's sharp, much. sharp as shit too. Um, damn, I think everyone should go uh, take a second look at Shintaro now. He's a world champ, but he's developed so much since he won that he's like. He's just dripping in style. Pause. That he's like, <laughs> like he's from Japan. Moment. He's like, this dude has his own lane now. He's just like funky. So it's that's cool to see. It's cool to see how people develop outside of it. Like he won, and then after that he found his own way. You know? He's not the one that was in the Goldie Awards against Miles Medina, right? No, because um, that dude was crazy. No, 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 no. That was a, that was a DMC guy, I think. I don't know, but that guy yeah. was nuts. What, do you, call, what the, do you call these dudes? You guys aren't turntableists. Are they? Yeah, Some yeah they are. are. People yeah. say that. I don't know why anybody would call me that because I'm just kind of like, I just cringe. All those like real DJing things, turntablists, everything. I don't know why I cringe about it because I know technically it's not a diss, but I'm just kind of like, no, just like, don't say that because then it, I don't know. It's, I feel like there's so much negative baggage that comes with good de- it's like limiting, real DJing. Right? And it's everything. limiting. That's why. Yeah. Because yeah. it, yeah. it boxes you into something that you're well, like, I don't want to be boxed into this. I want to just be me. If you tell. Uh, let's just say you're telling like a buyer, oh, you should check out this DJ. He's a turntablist. 
how many people are going to go like, eh, I don't think we need a turntablist in here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they have a, a con- they have a preconceived notion about what that means. Like, oh, does that mean he's going to ruin the floor? Does that mean he's not going to be mindful? Is he going to be super selfish and cut all the time? Or like, what's his deal? I mean, I think it's the guy that, uh, who can who would you'd want to do your birthday? I, yeah, I just think that I think that the term turntablist and the term real DJing whatever it needs to be updated completely. Or who like, still does that? What they they hashtag real DJ? Fuck more people than you'd expect. Really? And I and I say it like I know I piss people off when I say it because they'll always be like I just saw Zach last night hashtag real DJing. I was like oh, I hate that hashtag, and they're just like but thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean it's like I'm not I don't mean. You know, I don't mean it as as poorly as it sounds. I just think that it brings a lot of like old heady baggage along with it. You ever seen a you ever seen Band of Brothers? No. No. The HBO <laughs> show? Yeah. Long time ago. Well, it just reminds me of like the guys who have been through the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the guys who just came and they're ready to kill some motherfuckers. They're mm-hmm. like, yo, I can't wait to kill these Nazis. Mm. And the guys who have killed Nazis for the past six months are like, shut the fuck up. Mm. Like yeah. You don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like I've yeah, seen that, friends die. I've seen a lot of shit. Yeah, that might be it. If I would, it's kind of like that. It's like you don't know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. You have this false idealism of what DJing is, mm-hmm. and when you really get down to it, you know that's not what it's about. And it's actually a, there's a lot of other shit going it. There's like yo, there's DJs who undercut. There's a bunch of like shady ass fucking people out there. Yep. And honestly, the reason why we survived is because. I don't because of luck and how much, how much bullshit we can endure. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, there's actually a, a DJ that I'm gonna bring on here one uh, one day. I won't say his name yet, but he's one of those dudes that basically hopped out because he couldn't deal with the bullshit. He couldn't deal with the politics, but he Sucks. became a very uh, talented, and successful producer. So he, uh. he shifted off. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> See all these quotables. That's why you ended up on the mix. Listen to this guy and his quotables. <laughs> no, like no, that, no. you just solidified my point so much better you than I was trying years, to. Uh, two cents, bro. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> right? But I, I gotta, I gotta commend you because you know Zach came here. His motherfucker's tired. He's hungover. <laughs> he's got a DG tonight. He's got to go to you know another gig tomorrow. And I really appreciate you taking the yeah, time. Oh, man. thank you, man. For real, thank man. you guys for having me. It's, it's those, uh, it's those things. Uh, it's things like this that that really make me have hope for like, you know, th- our industry of of DJing DJs. and and, and, mm-hmm. the, and the motherfuckers in the craft, you know. Yep. So, thank you, man. Hell yeah, Pretty thanks sure for having you. me. Woo. Thank you, man. And yeah, y'all yeah. can catch the whole video interview or podcast on YouTube. Yeah, we're, we're we've been a little late with the with the YouTube shit because we're still yeah. kind of figuring out exactly how much shit. we want to show because like we're on camera saying like dick and dildos and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jamie's uh, over here doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that was his ass. Yo. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're kind of we're on the, we're just debating on whether we should edit or just yeah, but subs- some things are just better left said than seen. Yeah, just subscribe and hit that uh, notification little yeah. uh, what is it bell on the top. But just give us some time. We're still figuring out, so we're, we're putting shit up, and yeah. we're, we're going to try to put up some older ones. We just ones. put up the Shaky one. Uh, Shaky's up there. That's a really good one, but our camera's cut off like in the last hour. Got to so. get the DJ AM parts. And yeah. uh, what else? We got the Black Panther one that's coming up. Franzen we should bring out they're, again. They're Pause. requesting the Franzen one. And Scooter, too. People Scooter, as well. Them. I want to I put up the video for Graham Funk and uh, Stone. Stone, but it was shot so horribly. It was no pun intended. I mean, no disrespect. We gave to this the, kid like 
a couple hundred dollars, fuck, and he just did dude. not know what the fuck he was doing. So it was so, so bad. Sounds like the, the guy you always let use your phone at the club. <laughs> was it the same guy? No, no, some other cat. But no, yeah, yeah. Check check us out. This video will be up. Um, anything else you want to plug? No, nope, not really. No, not but you really. said you're working on a production album, though. Huh? Oh, mm. I mean, yeah, we we've, we've been producing a lot of stuff. Uh, we got a new single coming out. We got a bunch of stuff in the bag. That's we, ready to go. Yeah, we got a ton of stuff. I want to hear that. We are. Yeah, that's that's it. Studio, I like that. Thingy. All right, peace cool. out. Peace.